Hello, and welcome to a very special Love What I Love side episode, Franchise Deep Dive, where we take a look at a franchise installment by installment and find out where we rank them and how we like them. We're your hosts, Andy. And Masha. And joined by special guest, returning guest, Dave McGrath. Hello. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, loyal listeners will remember Dave from our past bonus episode. Uh, I think we called it parodying something something. Yeah. I don't remember what we called it, but... It was Futurama <laughs> versus uh, family, fa- family Guy, guy parodying Willy Wonka. Yeah. Yes. It was it a was... very clever name, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> yes. was, it was great. It was. We all loved it. And it was really fun. This is a franchise that I definitely had to get Masha on board with when we first started dating because it's one that I loved and she never thought she would. <laughs> but the person that got me into the franchise is with us in the room today. And Origin that story. is my friend Dave. So Dave, why don't you tell us a little of your history on The Fast and Furious and why you, you know, how'd you, how'd you get to love it? Oh man. All right. Well, so it starts with the Fast and the, Fast and the Furious, the first one. Whoa. So my like main like i feel like great memory of that of the original like i remember going to it with like my brother and our friends and we went to you know the movie theater as as when you do we all had cars at this point so we were just old enough to have cars and also to still be pretty stupid with them awesome (laughs) and so the uh regal in binghamton so you know like 15 minutes from my house and the way the theater is set up is you come out of the theater you drive for like you know uh two or three minutes and then you go right onto the highway so there's like this on-ramp and the way it's set up is like there's a light and there's two like lanes that go into it and like funnel into one and then you're on like route 81 and like you could unquestionably tell which people had just seen the fast and the furious (laughs) (laughs) because like six different cars just like flew like everybody like is up to like 80 miles an hour like instantly oh my god quarter mile lifestyle yeah like all these like just jacked up like assumedly mostly dudes there were probably some ladies that were excited too so anyway, that was like when we first saw it. And then there was a summer, you know, must have been like a year later. Because when we had it on DVD, my brother and I, like during the summer, had like a, had an amazing summer where we basically would like play basketball, like go to the gym, eat a bunch of food. And we would like always like go and get food, come back to our house. And like one out of every three days, we'd watch The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> nice. So I've seen like the first one like so many times wow. because of that. That's, that's awesome. Fun. <laughs> yeah, that's how you're you're you are truly ride or die because most people jumped on, you know, fast five and after and you've been there since day one. Oh yeah, yeah. No, in our in our like basement like hangout room, we had like a Fast and Furious poster. We nice. had a Fast and Furious poster <laughs> and we had a pitch black poster oh, of Vin man. Diesel. And a Britney Spears poster. Because <laughs> it was the late wow. 90s. These were our three posters. Oh, that's great. Yeah, uh, yeah Pitch Black's underrated. That's a pretty good movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Feel free to not admit this, but did you, like, were you one of those people that raced down with your car? Oh. We, I mean, we obviously, I mean, one, I don't know why I wouldn't admit that. That's cool. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we definitely, like, raced <laughs> our cars like idiots once in a while. I remember one time where my friend, uh, where Whittemore and I were both in our cars for some reason, and we like literally like raced down a residential like where we were next to each oh other, which is like real stupid. But I don't remember. We never like grabbed spray paint or tried to like drag race or anything because like our cars were not were not made for that. <laughs> so I mean, we did some dumb stuff, but we never like did this level of like racing. That's crazy. I don't know if I told you this, Dave, and I might have mentioned this on the podcast, but I didn't know it was called drag racing for 
until oh yeah (laughs) you did mention this in the podcast say it anyway it's hilarious so someone on my team at work was like oh yeah i'm so into drag racing and i was thinking rupaul's drag race so i was like oh my god that's really nice of you to share that information like she didn't know that like that kind of drag race was like a play on like 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 almost like playing off the original drag racing which was cars (laughs) she thought awesome (laughs) she thought he was just out there and also, <laughs> like, are there, is there is it's RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Like, are there other do other people who do drag call it a drag race? Or? I that's what I thought. Oh, I didn't yeah, yeah. look into that's it. That's hysterical. But yeah, um, <laughs> but this is the first time I'm hearing someone say drag race and like understanding what it means. Yeah, and then from there, were you also like hooked with each sequel, or did you like fall out and then come back in? Like, like when like Too Fast came out and took your drift, were you like just as on board? Because I mean, we, I think so. I think we saw them all in the theaters. I, I coupled my brother in this in, yeah. in our excitement. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we saw them all in the theaters. I don't see how we would not have. You know, like, I think with, I do think, like, with everything, as we'll touch on, like, I think once you get to, like, five is when everybody gets, like, bananas about yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I've still seen, like, Too Fast, Too Furious, and, like, Tokyo Drift, like, a pretty good oh, amount of times. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I don't want to get too personal here, but I mean, like how like you and your brother obviously both love Fast and Furious. So like how I guess talk about a little bit about like how that's sort of like is a part of like how you guys bond too. like I'm sure in addition to many other things, but. Mm, I think my brother has like grown up and matured, so I think I'm still super into it, and he's like kind of into it. But uh, he does it because it's like the brother activity. But he's yeah. like, yeah, he's not like, like <laughs> yeah, he's pretty down, but he's not like texting me at night and being like, oh man, we gotta talk Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. What's gonna happen in nine? I don't know. <laughs> All right, cool. That's cool. great. So I know I already kind of touched on it on Top Masha, but wh- where were you? on your thoughts on this franchise before I brought it up and then like told you I loved it and wanted you to watch them. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at that point, the one I knew the most was Tokyo Drift. Oddly. I don't know why. I, I know why. Cause Bow Wow was in it. Oh, that's why. Yeah. That's definitely why. <laughs> <laughs> Same reason you love like Mike. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I watched a or I guess those two Bow Wow movies <laughs> And I was into Lil Romeo, too. I feel like that was, like, the same time. Yeah. They kind of came up at the same time. But, yeah, I knew that movie the most and didn't really bother to look into the other movies. That's so sad. Um, yeah, that's great. I just remember, like, you were trying to get me into it. And then at the time, I think we were still early on in our dating phase. And you were like, oh, like, my friend Dave, he's having a birthday party. Or... I don't know, like, or you might have just been talking about how Dave was into Fast and Furious yeah. also. And I was like, all right, whatever. And now here we are. It's yeah, like yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> that's yeah, that's great. But yeah, uh, that's really it. Yeah. I did see it in theaters, though. Oh, that you, was pretty you really fun. saw it in theaters? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, for me, it was, I saw the first one, not in theaters. Um, I was not old enough to drive yet, so I was not as excited. <laughs> but I remember watching it somewhere, like, I was 11 at the time, so it was probably like, sleeping over someone's house like you know we we're all just like oh let's put on this cool movie with cars and i did think it was cool but it didn't i was never a car guy so it didn't just like it, it i liked it but it didn't like click with me you know and then forever after that i was like yeah whatever those movies are those movies i remember too fast too furious came out i was kind of like laughing about how like silly the title was and then tokyo drift i was like oh this is one one away from direct to video like it's <laughs> over and then i even through Fast Five, as much as the whole world grew to love it, I still just wasn't watching them. And it wasn't even like, I wasn't like going out of my way to be like, fuck those movies. I just, <laughs> I was just like, it's not for me. I'm probably not going to like it. And then Fast Six, then it was literally what you were talking about. So when we first met, I actually wasn't into these at all. Actually, no. 
I probably just started actually because mm-hmm. it was 2015 and that was when Seven came out and that was when you had the birthday party that I went oh, to. Oh, so it was. And my by, was good. no one can see me pointing because it's a podcast. So by you, I mean Dave because <laughs> I'm pointing at Dave. Uh, and Dave, sh- yeah, Dave had a kick-ass birthday party where I don't know. I think you had two full rows of the movie theater seats booked up, like you bought tickets for. And we went to a sweet New York bar where apparently you can get beers to go without, <laughs> without much of a hassle as long as you buy them out of one special fridge. And so I remember just walking in there with a bunch of pocket beers and like 14 of Dave's friends and everybody, not just us, the whole, it was opening weekend, opening night probably. And everybody was going nuts and, you know, we had a couple in us and we were going crazy. And I just remember having probably like easily top five movie theater experiences I've ever had in my life was watching Furious 7 and I'd only seen one before it so I was just like I was trying to piece together the plot but I was also kind of drunk and just wooing along with the movie but it was so much fun I just went back and then like probably within like three weeks I watched all of them I just kept like finding them online or doing whatever and then I was just instantly on board and I think that's why I came so hard at you with how much I liked them because I was just getting into them for the first time yeah the biggest takeaway here is that Dave should definitely be tapped as an influencer for the Fast and Furious franchise because you're bringing so many people on board oh yeah Universal (laughs) is cut I have hosted now three birthday parties, like three, like screenings for three of them and two movie marathons. Yeah. (laughs) One for a friend and one legitimately at a bar that lasted all summer. Quickly describe your marathons just so people know where you're at with this franchise. Okay. So I've actually done three, I guess. So the very first one, just to be quick, I just had two friends and they hadn't really seen Fast and Furious. So Michelle, uh, John, Mm -hmm. Michelle's like, yo, we want to learn about the Fast and Furious. And I was like, great. (laughs) So we watched, I think we watched one we skipped two for time because we had to get this done. We watched three, skipped four, watched five, six, seven. Oh my god! <laughs> we, went pretty, we went for we were meant to only do like five and seven. We're like, ah, let's do five, six, seven. Yeah. The big one though was the one that we did. You know that you guys went to as well at Benson's. So the year of Hobbs and Shaw, which is what I guess two years ago now. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, so what is time? Right? Time time has no meaning anymore. People will be listening to this fifty years from now, so they won't even know. Yeah. But we so we started in like May or June and like every single uh what was it, Monday night? Yeah. Uh every single Monday night we screened one movie. So I got to give a fun little like speech before it. And then we watched a movie and like had some good food and drank beers. Yeah. And we did this like eight weeks in a row yeah <laughs> we took one week off for fourth of july and then we did all eight weeks otherwise and this bar was still open for other people oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. oh people would walk in and be like what are you guys doing and we're like we're watching fast and furious like we'd all just be staring at the one like bar tv playing it just like talking but like also getting into like certain scenes where everyone would shut the hell up for a little while and it was, yep. yeah it was pretty hilarious we're like it's a monday you can leave if you want <laughs> or you're watching fast and furious people on the overall were pretty excited about yeah. it yeah so yeah, that, that one was a well-structured, well-paced marathon, and then you went off the rails for your third oh, marathon. Yeah, the last one, we just kind of did this on a, on a because we did it. I don't know. We come up with <laughs> dumb ideas. So this one, we'd been talking about doing, oh, the plan was when F9 was supposed to come out before this whole global pandemic occurred. Bummer. Uh, also, I owned 20, I had 23 tickets that I had not even like sold anyone to. I was just like, people will come. It'll be fine. <laughs> I had bought 23 tickets, including the coveted F9 seat. And... <laughs> We were going to do an wow. all-day screening. It was going to have to start at 5 a.m. We'd already done the math. So it was going to have to start at 5 in the morning, screen every single movie in a row, and then go to F9 at the end. Oh that was God. the plan. But then the global pandemic happened and other things and whatever. And cut to the fall of uh, later in 2020. 
And uh, unfortunately, Benson's was closing down in the fall. And we were like, hey, we never did our screening. And I'm sure I was like, let's do it anyway. And then like, you know, we're all like, yeah, great idea. And then, um, you know, like a week later, I was like, oh, man, it's probably good we're not doing that. That's going to be pretty painful. <laughs> and I remember I like I had been out of town for a few days. I got back in town and like, all right, so we're doing the screening tomorrow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and I like called uh, my business partner. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be coming in tomorrow. <laughs> and we like. To our credit, everybody who said they were going to be there was there at 5 a.m. That's amazing. And we watched every single movie, and it took a long time. We finished like 10 or 11. Like You don't take breaks in between. You just you go credits and start the next one. That was pretty extreme. I could see you just not even like wanting to look at a screen after that for like two days. You're just like, let me just (laughs) go live in the woods. Vin Diesel's face. (laughs) Yeah, I've never been so fatigued from doing nothing in a physical sense (laughs) as I was the end of that. But it was great, and we did. That's awesome. And that was like the second to last day the bar was open. Also. Uh, so the, yeah, the the spirit of franchise deep dive is we bring on someone who loves the franchise arguably more than myself or Masha, and I think we fucking got the best option. Oh, absolutely. On this one. I don't know yeah. who else has gone through these these lengths for the movie. Also, we're drinking Coronas right now. Yeah, that's another important <laughs> part. We have to come together as family for this one, and I offered Dave any beer he wanted as long as it was Corona. <laughs> and their Corona premieres, I should point oh, out. Oh, yeah, you I didn't even fancy, very Andy. fancy. Oh, that's what. Right, it had on sale. Uh, so, nice. They are not a sponsor. <laughs> Corona's a sponsor, but not right. <laughs> we got limes in them. Oh, yeah. We, we went all the way. But all right, this is going to be a long one. So I think we should <laughs> dive in and stop wasting time. So let's go into our first movie. We recommend you listen at 1.5 speed. So The Fast and the Furious was released in 2001. It was written by Gary Scott Thompson Eric Berquist, and also David Ayer, which I did not know, and directed by Rob Cohen, and is starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, and Jordana Brewster. And it follows police off. I didn't write these down, so we're going to riff these. <laughs> I, th- I planned to write them, but I ran out of time. <laughs> police officer Brian O'Connor goes undercover to infiltrate a you know street racing scene because uh, some, some drag racers have been robbing trucks on the, off the side of the highway. And uh, he really loves street racing, and uh, it gets hairy when he meets Dom Toretto and tries to infiltrate his crew. Whoa. I think I nailed it. Uh, <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, yeah, so this was, this was the beginning, guys. 2001. Uh, what, what do you got? What are you thinking? Well, I mean, it's always important to note like, what, what small beginnings they, what they start on. Like, it is literally the idea is that it's like some three, three Honda Civics are stealing DVD players. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Like that is it. the early like concern that they have that the FBI is like all about this. One of the opening shots is showing like the loot getting packaged on a plane, and it's all like Panasonic DVD play- all shit that would cost you like twenty dollars now maybe for one. And so it's like <laughs> when you watch it by today, you're just like, is that what is that supposed to be? Is that the junk or is it the the loot? Yeah, did not age well. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. I mean it is. Uh, I mean the easiest way, which is often described, is just point break with cars. Yep, heard that. Um, heard that before. Speaking of that, when I was doing some research, and you might have found this also, this fun trivia I did not know before was when uh, you know Paul Walker and Vin Diesel uh, are having like um, they're like out for a meal. They're out on like Pacific Highway yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I remember. Uh, they're at the thing right before like race wars. He's like, "Yo, I want to get in on your stuff." And Vin Diesel's like, "Shh, quiet, man." Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, the cafe they're at is the same cafe 
that the girl in Point Break literally works at. Oh. Was it really? It's oh like, yeah. God. So they they like leaned in. Like they understood the joke. They yeah. weren't like being like, no, what are you talking about? I've never seen Point Break. They like, were all like, they all got together at a pre-production meeting and they're like, Point Break's our favorite movie, right? Yeah. Well, I'll <laughs> get some influences. That's... Yeah. But I really appreciated that. They were like, we know what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. I got to watch Point Break. That's I, For your love of Swayze, I don't know how you haven't seen Point Break. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we'll watch it. Um, but off the top, of, when I was reading those credits, uh, yeah, I did not know David Ayer was one of the writers of this. You know, he's you, you know who he is. Oh, he's sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't know who he is. I only know about Fast and Furious. He's he's <laughs> the dude who wrote part. Training Day, but he later like made Suicide Squad, which was like you know Ooh. everyone knows everyone kind of hated real bad. But he also did like End of Watch and that Tank movie with Brad Pitt. I can't remember what it was called. Nice. Brad Pitt's in a tank. Mm. So he's got good movies in him, but I, right now everyone just knows him as the guy who like. Suicide Squad sucked, so he kind of has a bad rap now. But uh, yeah, I didn't know he was one of the... There's four credited writers on this, actually, because this movie was apparently based on an article about street racers that someone read in a magazine. And so one of the like one of the dudes who ended up writing the movie read an article just like profile... Like this guy went... Like this journalist went to a street racing in LA mm-hmm. and kind of just like did a whole profile piece on it. And then they literally like paid to option that for the source of the screenplay. Mm. So this guy who wrote this like LA Times article or whatever it was is one of the credited writers, which I think is crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah, I remember the original script uh, or the original idea was just to be in New York City. And I feel like it was just like a cost thing. They might have yeah. given some other reason, but like to shoot this, especially with less and less computer graphics in New York City would have been like bananas. Oh, to, like, yeah. Shut down all the roads and do all this stuff. But yeah. it would have been awesome. It would have been pretty awesome. I mean, we'll eventually get there, but... I do also think it is. It does seem more like an LA thing. Like LA, just car culture is bigger. There's more room on the roads. Like weather's nicer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just it does seem like it makes a little more sense that it's LA. But New York would be pretty sweet. And like I said, we will get there eventually. Well, also though, so uh, that source material is Racer X, and that yeah. actually was. I mean, it was a New York City like. Oh, thing. was that it? was okay. about New York City. My bad. I was so that was probably LA. like part of the reason. Right. So like that yeah. was what it was claiming. Right. I don't know like Scratch what part of New York City. It yeah. might not have been like up and down Fifth. You know, like well, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Can't go up and down Fifth Avenue, but no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Yes, I had that completely wrong. My fault. But yeah, all, all in all, with this movie, I actually I like really like this one. Like I know a lot of people say like this franchise doesn't really get going until Fast Five, but like this, it, even if it was just like a standalone movie, it's pretty solid. Like I think they they kind of build this world pretty good. And I also like if you don't know it's coming, they don't really reveal that Brian's a cop for like a while. I think it's like 35, 40 minutes or something. Which I think is like a pretty cool way to go about the movie. You know, you would think they'd get you that right off the bat and try to yeah. get the plot racing. But uh, I, I kind of dug that. That was just one thing I noticed when I was rewatching it this time. Yeah. No, that is totally true. I kind of forgot about that. Only because I've seen it one million times. So I'm always <laughs> like, well, I know who he is. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, now that you say it, it is a long time before they like, they like not, arrest him. He gets and arrested like, and they bring him in and they have like the whole scene of him getting walked in with cuffs. So like, you know, anyone who's watching. And then when he's in there, he like mouths off to them and they're like, I should have O'Connor. Yeah, and all the cops love iced coffee for some weird reason in that movie. <laughs> they're Hollywood cops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one thing that I find funny with how much like action and fighting the series comes into both this movie and the second movie, when Vince and Brian fight, it's like the it's like weirdly a very realistic fight. <laughs> like where most most time movie fights are like dope and choreographed and like real fun like fun to watch, and these two fucking idiots are just rolling all over the ground, just like getting real sweaty and out of breath and just kind of like pushing their face into the dirt. And I'm like, that's kind of how most fights when people have no idea how to fight go down. And it's kind of the same when in the next one we'll get when uh, Tyrese and Paul Walker fight. And I was like, I kind of miss those days because, you know, I just watched seven. 
and you know <laughs> Paul Walker's fighting Tony John in like Muay Thai and shit like that. It's, so I, I, I dug just like how gritty and weird that shit was in that first one. Yeah, yeah, just two dudes smashing each other's faces for yeah. a little while. Yeah. It's pretty great. I mean, these early on movies are so much quieter than. The, these later later ones right like we watched i mean we watched one and two the other day like it's just so quiet they let the ambiance of the area that they're in like just sit there yeah for, <laughs> for certain moments they, right. they, don't, they don't feel to like over overdo it on the, yeah. on the sound effects and all that it's awesome i don't know do you guys have any like standout like scenes or like stunts or just things like well, one, you reminded me about Vince. Vince is Vince is like the unsung hero of the first movie. Because yeah. he's the only one who's like, yo, that guy's obviously a cop. And like everybody's like, I don't know. Like Brian's pretty cool. Let's yeah. let's let him in our gang. And he's like, Oh, I'm telling you he's a cop. And then like all these problems are happening because of him. You know, he eventually gets to uh, re- redeem himself. But yeah, dude, Vin- Vince, he's played up as like the douche of the movie where you're just like, Oh, this guy sucks. We should steal his I mean, I don't even—I don't even know if, if Mia was ever his girl, or he just always liked her, or whatever. But you know, you're just like, yeah, fuck this guy. He shouldn't get the girl. Like he sucks. And yeah, he's the only one who knows who knows it. Yeah, no, it's a real burn. I don't know. Yeah, this movie is just like it's got some good stuff going on. Uh, things that are funny to me are that Jordana Brewster is clearly in high school in this movie. Yeah, and Paul Walker is a police officer in the FBI, <laughs> no. so he must have like gone to college. So he's got to yeah. be like mid twenties, like. I don't know. They probably should have asked him about that more. But. Yeah. I think I looked it up because I was curious because I'm pretty sure Vin Diesel was in his 30s, but his character was supposed to be like 24 or 25 in this movie, which I, it's hard to believe because I look at Vin Diesel. I just don't see a kid ever. I've seen a man, <laughs> you know, his whole life. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think it's bald head. But yeah, this was, and this is also, I mean, this is a pretty breakout. This is like Vin Diesel's moving into his like peak power. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's sort of back in a new level of peak power now, but like. The, like, early 2000s, like, this was really, like, what did it. Yeah, this is when we, like, knew his name. Because, I mean, like, Saving Private Ryan was 98, and he was, like, a nobody in that. Like, he's in it, but nobody... Rem- like, you know, you have to be a fan of his. It's not like he had a big role. Triple X was the year after this. Like, he, yeah. was just, he was about to go off. It was, like, this. Then Pitch Black was pretty cool. Yeah. And then, like... And then Chronicles of Riddick was after... Like, was, was kind of after this, too. Like, I think it was 2003 time. Yeah, that was that was trouble. I know. <laughs> that was actually, like, the, like, crushing point where he's, like... He's, like, I'm going to put everything behind Chronicles of Riddick. Like, Vin Diesel loves the, like, Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, yeah. Not I got a little trivia of that for one of the future oh, movies. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. thought we were going to talk about Pacifier for a little bit, but... <laughs> There's always time. I've seen that. I saw that in the theater, too. Oh, Don't snap. Worry. Did you really? I did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have not seen the Pacifier. I've never seen any Tough Guy Becomes a Babysitter movie. Oh. I missed the Tooth Fairy. I missed the Hulk Hogan. What, Mr. Nanny or whatever. You missed Kindergarten yeah. Cop? Oh, no. I've seen Kindergarten ah. Cop. All right. I lied. Yeah. But he's not really yeah. a nanny. He's undercover. Well. All right, you I mean, take care of some kids. it's pretty close. It's also not a nanny, but I think Game Plan with The Rock is really good. Oh, Rock did two of them, huh? I guess so. Because he did The Tooth Fairy. Oh, oh yeah, that was The Rock. <laughs> and then he also journeyed to the center of the earth with some kids. I think The Rock. He likes hanging out with kids. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, to your point, I don't know. Just a, It's a solid movie. Like yeah. Brian, <laughs> Brian gets in with them. I don't know. One never wants to clearly make the arrest. <laughs> There's some pretty fun scenes. Really, there's just yeah. like tons of fun scenes when Johnny Tran's house gets broken into, and like, yeah, if you remember the shot where there's like this huge cop who just literally choke slams like one of like Johnny yep, Tran's family members. Yep. Like that's such a good shot. When Johnny Tran's dad smacks him in the face, like you feel oh. that shit. Man. Yeah, just, like you disrespected everybody. Like, sh- like you brought these people here. Yeah, I remember what song is playing. There's some '90s song. It's probably like Limp Bizkit or something. Like, <laughs> probably, and it's awesome. 
So yeah, it's a solid movie. Also, good to note uh, as we start to get these other movies, this movie is about 90 minutes long. Yeah, this one's mm. in and out, nice and tight. Also, I do remember, because yeah, I, I still remember how I felt in 2001. Like, you know, we just were getting like the Star Wars prequels. The Matrix was still pretty fresh. We haven't even gotten a second Matrix yet. So like CGI could still like blow my mind at least at that time. And watching the camera go into the car gears to watch like the NOS release and all that. Now it looks pretty dated and, and, and the graphics don't hold up. But I remember at the time being like, holy shit, I've never seen that before. They just went into the car. You know? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't see, I didn't even see Fight Club yet because that's the one where they go, it goes in the trash can and all that. Like, But uh, yeah, so I, I do remember like it was it was a pretty stylish movie. For someone who wasn't into cars, it made all of it seem pretty cool. The, the drive and the race. And I like the way Paul Walker's car kind of blows the fuck up in that first race. That kind of never happens again. <laughs> everyone's car is kind of indestructible after this <laughs> i mean to be fair he then later uh like still drives it around a bunch and evades the police he picks up vin diesel like, he true. still does a bunch with this yeah. apparently trashed car <laughs> like he goes funny. on like a high-speed chase in it and then like in the next scene they're like well that car is wrecked you yeah, gotta get a new one <laughs> yeah you, know, you owe me two cars or whatever yeah. <laughs> uh cool well uh yeah unless anyone has any final thoughts maybe we move on yeah let's all right it. let's go on to the next now we have Too Fast, Too Furious, released in 2003, written by Michael Brandt and Derek Hess, directed by the late, great John Singleton, and starring mm. Paul Walker, Tyrese Gibson, and Eva Mendez. In this movie, we lose Dom Toretto, but we follow Paul Walker as he's now down in Miami, just being a straight street racer, no longer a police officer, and he... Gets picked up by some police officers who I don't even man. I watched some of these close together. I, I scarily forgot the plot. I don't remember mm. why. Why do they tell him to be a cop? They've just been like tracking him, and they're like, ah, you do this. I think pretty much like every movie, like, all right, you do this, and your record will be clean again. Yeah, so I guess that's a pretty that's standard. Yeah, they arrest them for racing, and then they're just like, all right, if you uh, they have that sweet uh, like car disabling thing that they shoot at him. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. It's just an EMP. Oh, no. I, I mean, they don't call it that, but I don't yeah. know why. They're just like, yeah, it's a weird EMP. <laughs> I call it a car disabling thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they get him back to go take down a local crime lord, which is usually what they're taking down. And he requires the help of his old best friend, Tyrese Gibson, who plays Roman Pierce. And the two of them, uh, they get to it. Yeah, they do. I like their friendship. Yeah. So this, we're still not in, it's not a franchise, obviously. It's only the second movie. But I feel like this is the standard sequel route where you're kind of just coming up with another excuse to have a car racing kind of crime movie. You lost one of your stars. They still got one. Luckily that movie had two stars. Sometimes sequels just lose stars completely. And I don't know. They were, they clearly weren't thinking about building like a future franchise. They were just like, all right, what can we do like next with this guy to get him going? And uh, that's why I, I think this, this franchise is so interesting because it like digs itself out of like this kind of hole of like, this movie has less stars than the last one, then the next one's not going to have any of them. And then usually after that, it's direct to video. But mm -hmm. like, we'll see as it digs its way out. So I don't know. This one's interesting to me where it was, I, I used to like it a lot less, but when I watched it this time, I don't know, kind of just like separating it as its own movie. I, it's fucking fun, man. This is, this is pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. No, it's not bad. Um, one thing I do want to, yeah, to your point though, I think it's worth mentioning all the people that just aren't in this movie. Yeah. Because now it just seems crazy because of the fact they made like, you know, so many of these. Of the course. fact the ninth one's about to come out and theoretically the tenth if you count Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. So like, um, you know, for those, the most interesting one to me, because I had originally read that Vin Diesel 
I thought he said, I thought I saw a quote that he just says, I don't do sequels. <laughs> which is like, whoa. Which now especially is a pretty funny yeah, thing to say. Like, that's the manliest thing. But then, actually just when I was researching for this, I saw something that said where he actually said, or to like flesh it out a little bit more, he said that like, he didn't want to do like in like the 80s and 90s, they would do literally exactly what you just said. They do sequels all the time where it's like Home Alone 3, like Lost in a Toy Shop. And it's like a different kid and it's like a different movie. Yeah. And it has like nothing to do with the original Home Alone. And he said that basically the original, the script they had for this was basically just a different movie with just like Fast and Furious like tagged on it. Like Tokyo Drift would be the perfect yeah. example, right? Like that's just a movie about like racing and drifting yeah. in Japan. And they call it a Fast and Furious, like part of the sequel in the series. And the other reason I think this is super relevant. So he turned down $25 million to do the movie because he said it's like they weren't. Now, he also, he might have rewritten history a little, but he basically said like, you know, they weren't making like a, a movie, you know, universe basically, right? They yeah. were just slapping the name on it, which I think is interesting because he, you know, it's pretty obvious he's very anti this Hobbs and Shaw movie. And Hobbs and Shaw, to be fair, doesn't in any way follow like what they've been building through like Fast and Furious 5 to 6 to 7 yeah, they don't have any, to 8 and now to the 9. The villains don't pass over nothing. Yeah, like. they love to bring back characters, bring back everything and tie everything together. Where in Hobbs and Shaw is just a standalone with two characters. Yeah. So I can kind of see why he's like didn't want to do that. At least it goes in the same idea why he wouldn't want there to be weird spinoffs where you know they for some reason don't call any of their other team or anything like that yeah yeah mm. i could see that and i think i might have read what I th i've definitely read either that exact interview or something similar to what you're talking about because i had that some of my notes but i i don't know if he actually said this because i didn't find the source but from what i heard he said they weren't taking the francis ford coppola route of making sequels because he's thinking <laughs> of the godfather 2 um. and how like that's always been considered one of the best sequels ever it just it expands on everything from the first movie it's not just like another godfather or like michael you know like it I wasn't see. just like a slapped on sequel but yeah that is that's that is pretty hilarious where the, the whole hobbs and shaw aspect of it where it's even i'm like i'm thinking of that one with like by introducing like ryan reynolds and saying like oh he's him and the rock of our old friends they've done a thousand missions together already like that could have been a perfect spot to slot in a, a classic character and like tie it more into the universe but yeah, you're right. They went the total other route of just being like, no, this is its own thing. Yeah. It's barely Fast and Furious. It's like in the style of it, and it takes two characters, but that's about right. it. Yeah. Um, and then one other funny thing that I also saw was that uh, this was the director, John Singleton, when they were talking about Ja Rule, because they were like, oh, Ja Rule, do you want to be in this movie? And according to John Singleton, like Ja Rule attitude was basically that he was too big to be in this movie oh, yeah man. and you think about like how much like money like ludicrous has made in these movies oh, now my like god. oh oh god my god damn. or even just like the foresight like both ludicrous and ja rule were pretty much at the height of their music powers when they were in these movies but like ludicrous is probably smart enough to know like it's probably not gonna be forever like you know <laughs> but like if i stay if i do this i could i could just milk it you <laughs> know like, i can do it forever yeah yeah <laughs> i love this era of ludicrous in that afro it's oh the yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, and yeah. the oh can we talk about the fashion too i miss oh, the fashion man. of these earlier movies the oversized clothes paul walker every <laughs> outfit he's got his shirt is an xl his pants are xls like it's just it's how you dressed back then and oh, it was great man. were you wearing oversized clothes in this era oh yeah all the time oh yeah man. i think also though i fell into the like i was like a super thin like kid and like super lanky and like for some reason i feel like but maybe it was just because everyone was wearing that stuff yeah yeah but it's funny because when you're super like lanky it just makes you look even more so when you <laughs> yeah. have like a two like i have yeah like old any clothes if i have like a weird shirt from then or something it's yeah. way way too big <laughs> 
What a time. Yeah, Paul Walker can fill it out a little better, I guess. But still, yeah, it's it's just so fun. I can always, any movie from this time, like American movie, I could just spot it on the dudes. It's just big <laughs> pants, big shirts. But yeah, I kind of dig what they did. Like, they just went full hog on like kind of the color palette of this movie. And just, I just, it's so much more colorful than the first movie. Mm-hmm. And I like, I dug it this time. Even down to that first race, I've always called it like the Power Ranger race because every racer in the, all four racers, like kind of their car is its own color and then their clothes match the car. So like Michael Ely has the the yellow car and he's got the yellow outfit. Oh my god! Yeah, Paul Walker's got the white shirt, the white car. Like it's it's just hysterical. Or I, I it's it's kind of when the Power Rangers, you know, when they were when they were just going to school, the Green Ranger still only wore like green shirts and shit, you know, everywhere. So I just, I was like, the way they just made everything pop in this movie with the neon and the, even the universal logo turns into like the hubcap in the beginning. Like, it's just, it just knows like, yo, this is pretty stupid, but we're just going to like have a good time, which I love. Yeah. This is Alto. I don't know if there is a Too Fast, Too Furious video game, but like it is, it's one of those kind of movies that like really feels like it could be a video game. Yes. I felt There's the exact not, same but way. But yeah, there very well yeah. should be. Like that like race around, like that, the opening race is pretty sick. Yeah. And like the drawbridge, like where they like go flying right? off of that. Which yeah. apparently they did do with cars. I don't know to what degree. I mean, they kind of had to at that time. Oh yeah, I believe it. I mean. They drove some kind of cars over a drawbridge. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> yeah. We, we'll touch more on the sequels um, on this, but. That's another reason why I love this franchise too, which is like, it's easy to bag on it and just make it stupid. Scripts are dumb. The story is like silly. But like, they take these stunts pretty like seriously and they take a lot of effort to like truly crash these cars, jump these cars, like do this wild shit on camera and not just kind of CGI it in. Yeah. Where, you know, I, I love Marvel movies. They're a great time. Like, I don't, I don't really bag on them, but there is a certain times during long fight scenes where just like my eyes just can't. I'm just like, there's so many computer effects going on on the screen at once where like everything's zipping around. And I don't know, but I'm just watching these and like these highway shots of like, I'm watching these cars get crunched. Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's like you said, the drawbridge. Like, it's, they just got some stunt drivers to jump over an open bridge. It's fucking sick. It's, the, it's also the reason why I love the Mission Impossible movie so much. I'm not there for the stories, I'm there to see like Tom Cruise impressed me and like these guys impressed me with their car stunts for sure yeah i feel like you guys should also speak to you know as we're moving forward your favorite villains here because you know yeah i guess we could do that the first one's kind of unique where there's not really like a true villain which i kind of think out of why it's kind of cool too it's it's really just about like paul walker and vin diesel and like that deception like it's not like they don't have like a big bad they're going against but this one yeah i I already forgot his name but (laughs) He starts the trend of like every movie. They kind of yeah, they do have like one big bad guy of like some kind of criminal en- enterprise that they go up against. And we could totally include it in the rankings portion too. I just don't want us to forget. Yeah, yeah. This guy, I find them pretty forgettable. But and I did have you watch the scene with me, and I think that's why <sighs> you even brought it up. Yep. <laughs> I gotta say the scene when he tortures that cop to to get him to with the rat in the bucket. That's one pretty like inventive fucked up torture scene that you wouldn't expect from like this movie i think this movie's very like light and silly and fun with a lot of jokes and that idea of putting a rat in a bucket and then heating the top of it until the rat has nowhere to go but dig down and he's like describing to the guy like how like the, the rats can dig through copper wire and all this other crazy shit just to like get it in his head i don't know man that shit that's like out of a Saw movie to me. That's wild. That is like a very funny contrast to the rest of the movie. Like how yeah. we were talking like the beginning, they're all in their funny outfits and they're like, let's yeah. go for a race. And like, oh, it's five grand each. And they're like, what? And like, well, we all have that. So let's do it. And like, <laughs> yeah. they're all just like having fun and there's like no consequences. Oh, it's about, and like, yeah. And even like, yeah, 
uh, Tyrese Gibson, his thing is he's hungry the whole movie. He's just constantly looking for snacks. Like, it's a very light movie. Yeah. And then, yeah, that scene just, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this seems like, that would be like in an R-rated, <laughs> maybe not Saw, but like just some kind of like real fucked up torture-y, like, like a Guy Ritchie gangster movie or something, you know? Yeah. Tyrese should have been like, uh, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go back to, back to Barstow. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I also always like to point out the bad continuity going forward where Ludacris does not drive in this movie because he says that he used to drive until he hit a wall going 120 miles an hour and ever since then he doesn't drive anymore. Mm. And then starting at Fast Five, that is just not part of his character. <laughs> He's like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, like two mo- people have forgotten. Two movies have passed. <laughs> I think that is the best thing that Fast and Furious does is they just are like, nah, we're doing this now. Like, yeah. Constantly. They like they all get new skills when they need them. They literally come back to life if necessary. Like yeah. they just change the timeline. Like I've I've listened to like podcasts. I mean, I guess we'll get to that, but where they like debate the whole like Tokyo Drift part of the timeline, like the idea that maybe they plan that, and it's like obviously they did not plan no that. Way they they just had that. a meeting, and like, well, what if we do this? And like, well, we could, and like, all right, great, we'll do it. So yeah. it's like same ludicrous. They're like, oh yeah, he went to hacker school for those like two years we hadn't seen him. Like, yeah, and his brain recovered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Oh man, we'll get to that. The his introduction line in five just makes me laugh, but we'll, we'll I'll hold it till we get there. <laughs> um. And then I got to say, in terms of this kind of sequels, always trying to go bigger for, for the climax, bigger for the action sequences, I kind of really like what they do here with all those, like, the, the hundreds of cars pouring out of the garage at oh, once yeah. in that big climax. That's fucking cool. Yeah, that's pretty that's cool. A, that's a cool way to be like, you know, because you always joke with sequels like, oh, how are you going to make a sequel? Oh, everything's more, you know, more, if it's a horror movie, more deaths. If it's an action movie, more explosions. And, like, this one is literally more cars, and it's perfect. It's great. Yeah, when I did the the first movie marathon for my friends where we skipped two. Yeah. So I should say we skipped two, but I played that scene. Nice. nice. I just gave them like a five-minute recap. I'm like, here's what you need to know about the movie, <laughs> and now I'm going to show you this one scene for like ten minutes, and then we moved on. Yeah. Because nice. that scene is so good. It's, yeah, it's like, I, just, I, you know, because you know, we work in production. Like, I just think like, dude, how do you film this? Like, how do you organize this from, from the start? You know what I mean? Like, if like the script's approved, then you're just like, all right. Like, who do you start talking to? Be like, all right, we're going to need 300 cars. We're going to need 300 people to drive them. We're going to need, like, this many cameras. And rehearsals. Yeah, just like, how the fuck do you... What does that day on on set look like? It blows my mind. Yeah, I'm sure also if you watch that in, like, half speed, you'll see, like, certain cars just stop at weird times. Oh, yeah. Like, there's no (laughs) way they can coordinate it that well. Or, like, banging into each other by accident. (laughs) Like, yeah, that scene... If we were to talk about it real quick, the scene just being that Tyrese and uh, Paul Walker, I guess it's, yeah, because they're, they're running around. They've got, like, uh, all the money in their car, yeah. but the cops are going to track them, which is a weird thing because they're working with the cops. Yeah, they're working with the cops, but also they they just feel like they're getting jerked by both teams, so they just, like, like you know what, let's do it our way, you know? And, yeah, and- so they, like, yeah, they go into this garage, and you're like, what's getting the garage doors closed? All the police are around, like, what's going to happen? And then, like... I don't know, hundreds of cars like all just come out and they've obviously switched cars. There's <laughs> no one I don't think was overly fooled by this, but they've like switched cars. Yeah. The cops uh, seem to the cops been, are fooled but, by yeah, it. Yeah, so then the yeah, cops no, pull over the other cars. Nobody in the audience. And uh Ludacris and Suki are in the cars. Yeah. <laughs> and they are very unconcerned that they're gonna get arrested. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how Oh yeah, they did not worry at all. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, You owe me one buddy and <laughs> or something like that. He's like, You're gonna be in jail for five years, good luck. Yo, how did we not get a comeback from Suki? I feel like she's primed for a comeback on this. Yeah, I would have to assume it's like scheduling issues. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably. I mean, there's still plenty of time for her to return. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. everyone's <laughs> coming back. Plenty of time. Yeah. I also just kind of dig Brian in this one. I feel like he's a little bit different than he is in all the other movies. He seems to be having a little bit more fun making this one. And I don't know if it's just because he's the star, but his, like, character, like, Paul Walker, just, like, he's way more playful and, like, silly and just, like, doing dumb shit in this one. He just gets pretty serious for most of the other movies. He's kind of just there to, like, react as a straight man. And I don't know. In this one, I he just... He's, he almost seems like a different person. Like he's way more muted and un, unexpressive in the other ones. Mm. Uh, so I dug, I dug that about this one too. Yeah, probably because he was like the star, right? Like yeah. he's like the one guy who returns. And I was like, ah, you're awesome. Yeah, like, they probably all loved him. They were like, you're he the probably man. figured it was the last movie he was going to be in it anyway. So he's like, I'm just gonna have fun with this movie. Yeah, apparently John Singleton got this role because he saw the first movie and he liked it so much. He just like called them and was like, can you what? like consider me? For directing the sequel, and they were like, "Yeah, fuck yeah!" Like, nice. which is pretty, pretty sick. I dig John Singleton. I feel like in this era, he wasn't getting as much credit as he used to. Because like, he did this, and then I think he followed up with Four Brothers. Did you ever see that? I feel like you probably would have seen that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seemed like who else? Yeah, it was like Mark Wal, Mark Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg, right? Andre Three Thousand from yes. Outcast, and then I, I think the other two just weren't that famous. What is this movie? <laughs> but, like, oh. It's great. It's about Four Brothers. Wow. Okay. Two of them are Mark Wahlberg and Andre Three Thousand. How, what, step adopted? What? I, I think it's, they had, like lived in like an orphan or foster oh, house. Yeah, see, yeah, I they're see. like four. Like, they all had like bros. one like lady who raised them, but she's not their like mom. But I see. And, and she's then, in trouble, Masha. Yeah, <laughs> and the and four gotta brothers got to come together. They got to come right. together. They haven't seen each other in a while. There was some problem. There was some tension. But now they got to <laughs> come together because something's wrong with her. Like her house is being repossessed. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I don't or something either. worse. I can't really remember, but. Okay. I haven't seen it in a while. Good, good bro movie. All right, yeah. Dude flick. So yeah, we got we, we got some new characters introduced. We got a new villain. We got some <laughs> standard l- sequel fare. A lady that never comes back, Eva. Oh, and <laughs> don't say never. Oh, true. Right. Let me not. I spoke too don't soon. Don't say never. Does she come back for like five minutes at some point? Yes, she does. Okay. Which is why, why I said cool. don't okay. say never. <laughs> uh, cool. Any final thoughts on Too Fast, Too Furious? No, I think we nailed it. Yeah. Bam. All right. Now we're moving forward to... Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Released in 2006 and written by Chris Morgan and directed by Justin Lin. And get ready to hear that a lot. Justin. Starring Lucas Black, Sun Kang, and Nathalie Kelly. Nathalie. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hard. I couldn't think of who the third starring person was, but I went with... I mean, are we not mentioning Bow Wow here? Uh, See, I, I argued whether Bow Wow or... The love interest, whose name I can't remember, was bigger. But I think she has way more scenes. Or, I mean, more scenes, but... I think you just kind of answered your own question. <laughs> yeah. The person I don't remember the name of, or Lil Bawa. <laughs> well, to be fair... True. I don't really remember... Actually, I do remember his name is Twinkie. So I do remember Lil Bawa. I was going to say, I don't remember his name in the movie. I just remember that he's Lil Bawa. But yeah, so now this sequel follows Sean. I want to say a Texas student who gets into some trouble. I think it's Texas. Okay, sure. I think he's like a Texas student, but he's like in California for some reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> I could be wrong. Because he's in the beginning, he's in a school where he like didn't grow up. Cause, like, oh, yeah. So I feel like, like his dad was from Texas, but his dad now is yeah. all there. He's a, he's a good old Southern boy yeah. in California. Gets Fair. into it with some jocks. Gets into a drag race. Demolishes the car. Demolish, gets into a huge accident. And the kids are all got the rich parents, you know, he's got the poor parents, so he's right. he, he's going to be in way more trouble. And he gets shipped off to Tokyo to live with his dad. And that is where he learns about a new style of racing called drifting. Mm-hmm. Tokyo drifting. Yeah. And shit gets cray. That's all I can say about that one. 
It does get great. I'd also point. I think that that opening like race is so good. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It is like it's like he's racing against like one of the kids from Home Improvement, oh. and like <laughs> that kid just is like such a douche in the movie. Yeah, like, they're all like they're like football jock things. Like there's even like an opening montage I remember where they're all like being crazy they're like, like dunking on nerds fists. yeah yeah like he's like <laughs> giving wedgies to nerds and he's like sitting there like smoking a cigarette drinking like jim beam because he's 29 <laughs> years old like, you know, like so much older he's got his little backpack but he's not concerned but yeah it's it's yeah it's a great race and it's like the whole movie's gonna look different than this so it is like a nice little like refreshing scene where you're getting a whole different setting a whole different feel most of the rest of the movie's at night anyway, so like you're getting some nice daylight racing. It's good. It's it's a good way to break up the movie and, yeah. ca- and kind of set the tone. And they do a sweet slow motion shot when his car's tipping over, so he's like rolling real fast, and then it goes in slow motion. You see everything flying in the car. <laughs> yeah, which has been a whole done a whole bunch since. Yeah. Oh yeah, big time. Probably was done before, but but they did it well. <laughs> yeah. And early, they were early adopters of nothing else. I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty excited that Lil Bow Wow was in this movie. Not only because it was Lil Bow Wow, but to see a black man in Japan was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I like yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like a whole a whole thing either. He's just like yeah, like I don't even, I, I guess his family might have been military. They might have said it actually, but I don't really remember why you he's think- even why he even lives in Japan. But he was cool. He's always selling gadgets and, and American candies and stuff like that <laughs> to, to, to the Tokyo people. But yeah, so kind of the. What I was saying earlier with each of these sequels, now we're at the territory where no one came back. We got a whole new set of stars. This movie literally could have been called anything if it wasn't called Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. And haven't said all that, but you know, we're we're gonna like I said up top, we're gonna see this name come a lot. This is the first time Justin Lin is directing and the first time Chris Morgan is writing, who kinda are the two dudes who shaped this entire series. So it is real cool in retrospect to go back and like even just see his style forming on this one. Because I will say, even though this doesn't have anybody coming back, probably lower budget, I didn't look it up, but um, it doesn't feel that cheap of a movie. It still kind of feels like it's got the same production value. And I don't even know if this is just Justin Lin knowing how to work with, you know, he came from the independent background. We did Better Luck Tomorrow on the podcast. So, you know, he's clearly a guy, you know, he, he asked MC Hammer for money. Like, he knows how to he knows how to work on a small budget and get shit done. Um, so, I don't, I don't know if it's him or what, but it doesn't... I, I just watched the House Party series. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. I watched all five House Party movies. They're on HBO Max. It was a rough one when you get towards the end there. But, like, House Party 4 was the same thing as this. It was just a movie that was about a kid throwing a house party, and then they were like, no one's going to go see this. Let's call it House Party 4. But it had nothing to do with the franchise, no characters returning, nothing... But it looks like shit. It just looks like just straight, flat, boring. Like it's just it doesn't look like a movie. It looks like a TV show. And that's not what I get out of this one. I guess that was my long winded saying of it. This looks expensive and, and good. <laughs> yeah. It at least like it looks and has the feel of like Fast and Furious. It yeah. just has zero relevance to any character that we know, at least so far. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but uh, but it does have like a bunch of racing. It's got a lot of lady butts. I mean, yeah. those are the two. So many butts. Oh, oh yeah, those are the two main things of any good Fast and Furious movie. I mean, that's and... a, I think that's how Chris Morgan starts each script. He's like, all right, well, let me just write butts and cars on like <laughs> on, like forty five pages, and then I'll work around that. Then he fills in words around. It <laughs> yeah, in yeah. It. He's like, then there are butts in front of the cars. Got it. All right. <laughs> what kind of butts and what'll be behind them? <laughs> yeah. Or in front of them? Yeah. There's also a lot of cash. There's cash running around. There's a lot of cash. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. I was reading a little about just like the pre-production on this and when they hired Justin Lin. 
because he knew that they weren't going to get any of the stars back, it was kind of his idea to take it to Tokyo, where he was like, let's at least change the setting and just do something that no one's ever seen. And drifting was still pretty new, like in the lexicon. Like, I feel like this movie really popularized it a lot. Mm. But, you know, it wasn't, it's not like a style of racing that was going on for ages and ages. So it was, it was just kind of gaining popularity. So I think it was smart to change the settings and then focus on this kind of driving that's not in any of these other movies. And then just have really impressive, like, drifting just looks awesome. Like, you can't, it's almost none of it's CGI. And they just got, like, the world's best drifters to do these crazy stunts i always wonder how they practice like you have to damage something when you're practicing drifting (laughs) there's a montage there might be more than one montage to show you this exact thing (laughs) you smash into like tires and old crates out on the shipping yard but like in real life like you're actually just bent that car and then battle us to fix it tires and cones (laughs) or you hit full other cars which he also does which is not as good (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Just, what? I'm just laughing that it's there's like so many scenes of him crashing the car while trying to learn how to drift in this movie. No, I'm just talking about in general, like because you know, obviously they're real people who learn how to do this and are very good at it. So yeah. I'm just like thinking about them practicing on their own to even get good enough for sure, to do for it sure. in this movie is sure. insane. Have you guys ever done e brake turns? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not in my car, but I had a friend who loved to do it, and it like fucked his old axle and everything. It's oh, a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. I've only really done in the snow yeah um, th- that was a big thing growing up where i was where when it snowed you everyone would try to go drifting in the parking lots before they plowed the parking lots jesus christ so yeah we would drift in the snow so yeah i guess but yeah, outside of the snow i've never I've never <laughs> done it but yeah that's what we called it yeah yeah we never like call it drifting because i was <laughs> well done with high school and college when this movie <laughs> came out but like yeah we would do like e-brake turns in a side story i did one time uh was going down this road on my way to taco bell as i recall at lunch <laughs> and i was like like kind of like fishtailing my car for fun but then i like <laughs> lost control of it no. and i like because it starts to spin a little bit too much one way and then you're like uh-oh and then you like go to correct and then the whole car is like and like oh. spun a few times and it did run into a fence post it was not the oh, best man. not the best moment oh <laughs> that's crazy i think we would do e-brake turns mostly in the snow i don't i think we even understood oh that, it's, like, it's hell on your tires if you do it yeah on... otherwise you're gonna try it plus your car price to be like good like our yeah. cars were not good exactly yeah yeah <laughs> You guys live dangerous lives. <laughs> I had a friend. He literally, he was the one friend who was stupid enough to not do it in the snow. Like, he just did it on whims for fun. And we would literally do them, like, backwards. And he would call them backwards donuts. Because we would just, like, basically just do donuts in reverse and hit the e-brake as fast as we can. And this this idiot, like, he would just, we'd be driving so calmly. Like, he'd drive me home from school in senior year. We'd be driving, just talking, and then he'd see the park, and then without even saying anything to me, as soon as we got to the entrance, just hook it left as hard as he could and just start screaming, BDs! And just do them, <laughs> like, do like three in a row, and then just be like, what the fuck? And then just keep get back on the road and just act like he didn't just go nuts. And then I remember eventually his, like, he, you know, we were still like 18, 17 probably, and... You know, him and his dad took the car to the mechanic, and then these other mechanics, like, response when he looked at the car, he was just like, what the fuck <laughs> have you been doing to this thing? Like, it was it was bent. He's like, did you get into an accident? Like, what the, like, he was just nuts. Uh, but yeah, I forgot that, that uh, memory of backwards donuts until you just said that. <laughs> oh, 
Those are good times. Yeah. yeah, now I remember doing it in the grass one time too. <laughs> nice. Oh my god. Like one time, I remember one specific time. I remember. Yeah, like you'd see like this like unguarded area of like grass. Maybe it's even a little wet as a bonus. You're like, oh, oh. no. Because I had like the e brake, like the middle one too. That's yeah. the key. Oh, and that's, obviously, uh, I don't know how like, you could do it with a foot one. That'd no, be really hard. That would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah, but the hand one. Oh, oh and it just yeah, it's it's so like visually pleasing. You just oh pull it god. up. Do you drive stick shift? Uh, nope. Okay. I can. Like, I could get a car from point A to point B, but I never owned, like, a stick shift car. Ah, uh, okay, cool. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> they drive a lot of stick shift in these, <laughs> in these yeah. movies. No, that's what yeah, cool I mean, you have, do. Yeah, you can't be into cars yeah. and drive automatic. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not the way these guys are into cars. Well, so what I find cool about this installment is it is, and it's still true to this day, the only movie where the plot is kind of about racing. So yeah. it's it's a movie about racing and cars, but it's always like it's about crimes that these racers commit. Right. And this one, it's like it's about a new guy in town. He yes, there's crime and he gets involved with these criminals, but it all boils down to him and the main bad guy having a final race. Him learning how to drift to beat this bad guy in a race, and then you know, much like a sports movie, it all ends like hindering on whether or not he's gonna win or lose this race. And as and every time I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, none of these are about racing. They're just about racers who right. race. But, like, they're always about, like, oh, this guy's an undercover cop, or this person's dead, or we got to avenge this person. So, I don't know. I dig that about this one. It kind of makes it feel a little authentic in my eyes. Oh, yeah. Like, the literal, like, the end of this movie is uh, Lucas Black's character, our fish out of water, going up to, like, the, like, I don't know, Yakuza boss, like, that guy, and being, like... (laughs) You know, basically being like, oh, like, I'm sorry, like, I've insulted you and your honor and your family. So here's what I want to do. How about I race against, like, your grandson and, like, the winner, I don't know, is awesome and the loser has to be shamed and must leave town or something like that. Right. And they're like, okay, that's how we'll resolve this. Like, there's no fight. They don't have to shoot or kidnap anybody. There's no, like, no one dies, you know? Uh, Or or I guess now. Well, some people die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that guy looks that so badass happened. with the cigar. He was kind of scary. Oh, uh, the, <laughs> the main, the Yakuza guy? Yeah. Yeah, DK's uncle or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, also, not only is this our first Justin Lin, but he brings together the great Sun oh Kang. God. Masha and I have oozed on this podcast of wow. how much we love this guy. Playing Han, coming in from the other movie, oh, Better yeah. Luck Tomorrow. From Better Luck Tomorrow. Which Absolutely. is fucking awesome. I don't know where Justin Lin gets the balls to just take a character from a whole different movie. He's like, I'm just putting him in here. But it's fantastic. And this guy just oozes cool, man. Han is like, I'm sorry. I know all, I know Fast and Furious is all about being muscular and tough, but like Han's a type of cool that no one else is in these movies. He's just like, he's just like the man. I he, agree. Eating his potato chips, just chilling out. Andy. Yeah, that's why he keeps getting brought back into movies. Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, I've, I've, I've learned, you know, because Justin Lin's back making his new one, uh, you know, trailer, trailer, spoiler alert, uh, you know, Han's back in it. And it seems just like Justin Lin's like, if I'm making it, Han's in it. Like, there's no way, there's no way I'm, I'm doing it without him, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, we think that they were, they saw the food thing in number two with Tyrese and like just gave it to Han. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, yeah, because he became the new hungry guy. Yeah. Yeah, because Tyrese isn't that... Eh, he's a little hungry in six, I, I remembered, but yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he kind of drops the whole being hungry throughout the entire movie two angle. Two guys can't be hungry. It's also around the time of Ocean's Eleven, uh, if I remember correctly, because Ocean's Eleven, like Brad Pitt, like that was his thing. Oh, like, was he it? He was like eating the whole movie. He yeah. Was, oh, wow. He was eating in every scene, and I feel like Ocean's Eleven came out like early 2000s. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, they explain it in five, and it is actually the real reason why they did it. It's because he's he's a smoker. In right. better, remember Better Look Tomorrow? 
It, he was a smoker. He has a cigarette every time he's on camera, and usually more than one. Like, he'll finish it in a scene and then light another one. But because it's these are PG-13 movies and Universal, they don't really like their heroes smoking, especially if kids are watching. Yeah. So they told him Han couldn't be a smoker, and so he made it that he compulsively eats chips to kind of... Oh satiate that hand and mouth habit in the coolest way possible yeah i mean you know, eating, <laughs> like, eating chips is like the fattest slobbiest like no one's like cool eating chips han's cool eating chips man i dig it cool and everything yeah uh one funny thing of this though um which obviously we've already talked about how the movie just doesn't care about the fact that they're you know essentially you're saying this movie came after movie number six in like the official timeline yeah but it was funny like the whole thing, like, like he basically works as, like, the assistant to the grandson of a Yakuza guy. Like, he, like, helps him out and stuff like that. Even though, like, theoretically, a few years ago, he stole, like, he got $10 million as God. his share of, like, uh, you know, of a big heist. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll work for you. Why not? It'll be fun. I'll hang out with some high school kids. I, I think that's totally true. But I will say, yeah, kind of what Dave's alluding to, just, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you already lo- like these movies, but... We later see that Han's going to be in the next three movies. Every time a new movie comes out, Han's in it. And in this movie, Han dies at the end. So that makes this movie... Every other movie after this up until a certain point is a prequel to this one. (laughs) But it wasn't planned. They just kind of ran with it because Justin Lin loves using Han. But all that to say, I was kind of watching it as if they did plan it. And there are a couple lines of dialogue that I actually think did make sense. Where... Like, Lucas Black was talking to Han at one point, and he's like, why'd you let me, why'd you give me your car? Like, you knew I was going to wreck it. And he's like, I don't care. And he's like, it costs a lot of money. And he was like, oh, money I have. I'm trying to find, like, good character around me. So I was like, that lines up with him just getting <laughs> millions of dollars in the other place. And then also, at no point is he ever scared of DK. Like, even when when uh, Lucas Black's like, isn't he Yakuza? Like, what's up? And he's like, he's not, his, his uncle's Yakuza, this and that. Like, he always treats him like this guy's not, he's like, I've handled worse than this guy. So in my mind, I was like, hey, it kind of lines up where he's like, I already fought Shaw and shit. Or I guess Shaw would have killed him, but the, the original Shaw and, and Reyes and all that. So I don't know. There was, it, there are parts where it doesn't line up, but there are parts where they got lucky, I think, with the screenplay, and it does kind of line up a little bit. Andy, this sounds like this is your fan theory that they oh. did actually plan oh, all of it. I think they did. Whoa. Oh, man. No, because there's, <laughs> there's a line in the next one that pretty much proves that they thought it was going to be the last time Han was in that movie, too. That's true. Every movie ends with him being yeah. like, I'm off to Tokyo. Bye. <laughs> and if they really knew this was going to be a prequel, I don't think they would have prominently shown Sony PSPs and, and flip phones. <laughs> Not that they could have predicted smartphones, but still, you have to kind of... There's the whole end sequence. Dude, can I just talk about... That's, remember the cell phones at the end of the movie? Oh, yeah, show? absolutely. You could jump in because you actually remember this from watching Oh, it. my God. They're tracking the race with their flip phones, by the way. And everyone's tracking it. How are they all connected? There's, yeah, there's this long race down the mountain. <laughs> Everyone along different parts of the mountain are everyone's filming it on their flip phone and all simultaneously live streaming it to each other's flip phones so they can all see the outcome of the race. And I was like, yo, that would be hard to orchestrate right now in 2021. Like, you could do it, but it would take some planning and you'd all have to download the same app. And like these people all just whip out these fucking 2006 flip phones and connect to something and just all live stream this video that they could all share, but also record at the exact same time. And it knows when to cut to which feed as if there was a live switcher at the time to be like, oh, they're coming to this guy's cell phone. Dude, it's Japan. They have, I mean, they have crazy tech. Oh, it's Japan. You don't know. It is, yeah. it is yeah. Japan. They, they That's a it. great point, Dave. <laughs> yeah, they have soccer fields on top of buildings. <laughs> They've got it all. Um, and also trying to trying to picture Shaw lining up. I know they kind of show him lining up the attack against Han. It still seems 
utterly impossible. To, like, if you were there to assassinate Han, ha, like, how did he know he was going to be in the middle of, like, coming into that street at that time, you know, after he... Because it's, it's when DK's chasing him down after confronting him that he's robbing his uncle and all this shit. So I just, I think it's... I, oh, yeah, yeah. There, I mean, yeah. there's, I, I give a 0% chance that they cared at all. They're like, he just gets hit by a car, he's dead, whatever. Mm. Any other thoughts about Tokyo Drift before we keep going? I don't think so. It is like, it is a very solid movie, though. It is, I think it's probably the most underrated of all the movies. Mm. Yeah, I think so, too. It, it got like harshly criticized at first, but I think over time, fans kind of, kind of realized yeah. it's pretty dope. Also, yeah. it has the best song. It kind of does have the best <laughs> song. In a, in a franchise with a lot of good songs, Like I, t- I usually think the main title song of most of these movies is pretty good. Like, fitting for the movie. But, man, that fucking Tokyo yeah. Drift theme song, I can play that I shit. feel like you don't have to be a fan of the franchise it's, to know and love the song. It's a great song. Whole soundtrack in general, too. They have a great DJ Shadow Mos Def song in there. Mm. They got some good stuff. I don't know how, if this is actually true, but I was I was reading some stuff with Justin Lin, and he was saying that... Apparently, it's real hard to get, like, filming permits to film in Tokyo, so they just decided to, like, just go for it a lot of the times. And he said, like, apparently Tokyo police are very polite, so just, like, they'd get a lot of filming done before they got, like, kicked out of a spot. And then eventually, they got so many warnings where, and again, this might not be true, but just what I found on the internet. Apparently, the studio hired a fall guy so that when the police inevitably would come to arrest the director... This other guy, his job was to step in and be like, I'm the director, and then like go to jail. So, and what? then like, and then they process, like, you know, it wasn't real jail. Like, I'm sure he got out pretty quickly. But uh, just so like they wouldn't have to delay filming and this guy could just keep on going with production. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What a good job. <laughs> the studio's so, I guess great, that but. part, the end part in two makes sense. <laughs> What's that book? Like, Ludacris and what's her name? Oh, just yeah, going yeah. to jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. We are moving on to Fast and Furious. The probably worst title in the series. Uh, And uh, sorry, I mean that by the title chosen for the movie. Released in 2009. Written again by Chris Morgan. Directed again by Justin Lin. And this time, bringing the all-stars back. Starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Jordana Brewster. And in her feature film debut, Gal Gadot. Oh, this movie follows Dom once again um, as he is still on the run from the law and Letty gets murdered and Mm. Dom must go and find out the answers to this mystery of how did she get murdered and who killed her while Paul Walker is simultaneously trying to learn that as well and take down drug lord Braga. Cool. Well, I'll jump in on a thing on this. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think was really interesting about this movie was that, like, in my opinion, it's not a very good movie. Yeah. But it's such, like, not a good movie, but it made, like, a ton of cash. Mm-hmm. And I think it was this real sign of Universal that, like, the people were, like, ready for another, like, they were ready for Fast and Furious. Yeah. Which, hmm. You know, it's going to be very relevant with Fast Five, because obviously there's some money thrown behind Fast Five. But this movie, it's just, like, it's okay. It's actually better than I had remembered it. Like whenever I rewatch it, I'm like, okay, it's all right, but it's still like it's not that great. Yeah, it's it's kind of like yeah. When I think of individual parts of it, I'm like, that was pretty cool. That was kind of awesome. I kind of like that kicked ass. That was a well designed moment. But like when I watch it as a whole, I just always fall asleep. But there's something. There's like a lack of like fun or joy in this one, where a lot of the other movies have a lot of jokes. And a lot of, like, silliness. This one, everyone's real serious the whole time. And it's real dark. There's not a lot of colors. There's not a lot of sunlight. 
And it's and also I do think this one is the most CGI out of any of these movies. Yeah, well, that was the other thing about this movie that they said that I think Justin Lin complained about a lot because he was like, "That's you gotta like do these like stunts for real. It yeah. doesn't look cool." Oh yeah, um, I mean that's how we did on Tokyo Drift, and like you know, it's, so yeah, maybe that was just studio involvement where they were like, because the the having the climax be in a tunnel, I just I find it so boring compared to what we've done with climaxes in these other sequels. It's it's just a long, straight, narrow race in this really dark tunnel where you're real struggle. I struggle real hard to even see what's happening mm-hmm. and which car's which and who's who. And then all the rubble that's falling around them is is like 2009 CGI, which by nowadays is kind of getting a little old looking. And it just kind of like lacks, yeah, it lacks any kind of like true thriller excitement. But I do. I think the opening is pretty awesome. I think you and I have talked about that in the past, Dave. Where the you're just they just trying to rob a gas tanker in I forget where they where is that in Mexico or was it somewhere else? Mm, I think it's in Mexico. Yeah, Let's but we is. that's where we see. Oh man, we <laughs> I can't believe we left Tokyo Drift without talking about the post credit sequence, uh, or not even the post, just the ending. The ending of Tokyo Drift is where Vin Diesel actually shows up in a cameo role, and it's the one kind of tying in factor to the rest of the franchise. And it's a throwaway line where he says, "I used, you know, where we find out he used to know Han, and he refers to Han as family." Mm-hmm. And so, I know, I know, we're breaking structure here a little bit to go back. So, what I learned about that cameo was they had the movie finished without that cameo. They showed it to some test audiences. They were not into it. Like it just that particular test audiences gave it bad, bad ratings, and they were like, "We need to do something." So then they went to Vin Diesel and asked them, "Like, would you do a cameo in this?" And he agreed to for no money, but only if he could then have the rights to the Chronicles of Riddick, like the character moving oh, forward, wow. because he didn't because he didn't like the way Chronicles of Riddick turned out. So he was like, I want to make the next sequel myself and not have it be with, you know, the studio. And so he literally only did that cameo just to get the rights to his favorite character that he's ever played. Wow. And then it turns then. But of course, that cameo then turns into this. That turns it into the fact that it's a prequel and all this other stuff. Win and win for ha- Vin Diesel. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah. Did you know, like, all that behind the scenes stuff with that cameo? Or? Uh, I did know. I, I did actually know that, uh, yeah. which is, like, pretty funny. But it is still funny because it's like, he's like, yeah, I'm sure he was like, and I get the right to Chronicles of Riddick. And they were like, they, like, looked over to, like, their garbage can with, <laughs> yeah. like, they basically said, like, rights to Chronicles of Riddick. They like, dusted <laughs> off. Like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Like, <laughs> do the thing, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good I think luck so. with that. But yeah, now fast forward to this movie. The opening scene is that gas heist, and we see Han is there with them. So I, I could tell that that was their way of just being like, a Justin Lin again just loves loves Sun Kang, loves using this character Han. Yeah. But it was to show that that line actually meant something at the end of Tokyo Drift that him and Han have had adventures. And then it's right at the end of that scene because I my memory also was that Han was in more of this movie, but he's only in that opening scene. And right after that scene, he's like, "I'm gonna go somewhere, maybe Tokyo." And so that's why I think it's definitely not planned because at this point, Justin Lin probably didn't know he would go on to make two more of these movies and probably didn't know that Han was going to be in them. So he was probably just like, all right, I'll do that little fun nod and then we'll make this one movie a prequel, uh, you know, to, to Tokyo Drift. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the opening's, I, I think it's pretty dope. And it's like, one of the only parts of the movie that takes place in daylight. So I actually appreciated <laughs> that as well. No, the opening is great. They, they yeah. do always have, like, I feel like at least one really good chasing yeah because that was also time true. like most of the trailer is just that yeah 
And even though that tanker exploding is tons and tons of CGI, it's still a pretty cool scene of Vin Diesel <laughs> driving underneath it, you know, yeah. wait until the last second. Yeah, you would think that the daylight would keep you awake, but I w- also fell asleep. Well, no, because four. after that, the rest <laughs> of the movie is dark. Oh, okay. Like, so that's yes, why I fell I'm asleep. I'm exaggerating. I don't even remember. There's obviously <laughs> other parts of the movie where the sun is up, but right. most of the time, they are just driving in the dark, racing in the dark, driving through that fucking tunnel twice. It's just, <laughs> I hate that tunnel, man. <laughs> I'm not into it. Oh. And also, man, I don't know. Vin Diesel using his psychic abilities to learn how Letty died in the crash by going to the crash site. And then he's able to like visually see it happen in front of him. I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> stupid. Oh, yeah. That was pretty great. That's like almost like that's where they kind of start to like get like superpowers, right? Because yeah. he's like, mm, I saw a little tire mark over there. And that was a 387 whatever. And it rolled nine times. Like He has like super physics abilities. Yeah. And, and the one thing he learns from that is that, like, there was certain burn marks on the ground that only one person sells that kind of gas. But then, like, yeah, how did he... He literally was able to visualize the killer walking up to the car, looking at Letty and shooting her dead. And, like, <laughs> and then he turns out to be wrong, because it's not what happened that we find out in future movies. Uh, that's pretty great. Also, I... Because I, after just watching it this last time, you know, when you rewatch these movies, you pick up weird little things. When is this movie supposed to take place? Because when Mia first sees Brian, she says he says something to her, and then she goes, "That's all you have to say to me after five years." But hasn't it been like eight years? Because Fast and Furious was two thousand one, and now we're in two thousand nine. So is this movie supposed to take? Like, did they try to like Tokyo Drift because they knew it was like a prequel to Tokyo Drift? Do you think they were trying to two thousand six it? Because she says five years. Yeah, I don't know what their reasoning of why it would be relevant. I mean, their timelines are all over the map because, like, the last three movies have all taken place within, like, a year and a half. Yeah. Fast. That's like, true. Like, based on, like, babies and things like that. Like, so they've all been, like, very fast. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. But I did see something. I was, like, reading a timeline where it basically said that the first movies would have had to take place in 2004. But that's probably why. Because if this movie actually specifically ever says it's 2009, they probably use that as like the anchor point. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I really just thought, because I was doing the math, and I was like, well, five years from 01 was 06, and that was when Tokyo Drift came out. Is that what they were kind of going for? Yeah, maybe they just, I think probably just whoever wrote the line. Yeah. <laughs> they probably just forgot, and they didn't <laughs> want to research it. They're like, I don't know, five years sounds good. <laughs> you don't want it to be too long. Any longer than that. Any longer than that's just too much. Sorry, I really don't remember this one. <laughs> no, I was just thinking it to be like, all right, so should we just move on to Fast yeah. 5 or what are we thinking I feel here? like, was there anything... Oh, sorry, this line just because, you know, now that with the Fast 9 trailer out, and I should say, I should have said this at top, we're releasing this in tandem with the release of Fast 9, but we obviously have not seen it yet. It does not come out yet, so mm-hmm. any knowledge we have from it is from the trailer. But there's literally a line in this movie where Mia turns to Dom... And Dom's like, we have to say goodbye. And she goes, how am I supposed to say goodbye to my only brother? And then I was like, ah, you fucked yourself. Because we found that the John Cena is their third, is their other brother in Fast 9. So they didn't plan that from the start. I'll tell you that much. Unless Vin Diesel kept it a secret. Yeah. For some reason that only the we'll find out. Right. Oh, yeah, I guess or not. also, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what makes this the greatest movie franchise. That actually, they just constantly are like, whatever. Yeah. Dom has like so much power and, and is literally can do whatever he wants that I do kind of feel like they're going to go that route where Mia probably never knew about John Cena for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like Dom was like, Mia and Dad lied to you about him to protect you. You know, like, <laughs> something like that. Oh, yeah. Because John Cena is obviously bad news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until Fast 10 when he's inevitably on the team, because that's the route that every villain goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they go villain to teammate. Uh, yeah, I think we can pretty much blow past this one. Um, 
I do find it interesting though. This is the first one to kind of end on a cliffhanger, so it's it's like a it's like a so far this franchise each movie's kind of been its own thing, and then they make the next one out from scratch, and this is like the first time it ends on like a true moment where you're just like, oh shit, what's gonna happen next time? And that's what. Dom gets arrested, and then at the last second, we see the cars coming in to, to free him, and then it cuts the credits. Oh, yeah. I so it's kind that. of setting it up like as if like this is now a franchise going forward. You know, the next one's going to pick up right here. You know, each the first three each have like a definitive end, you know. Even the Vin Diesel cameo it doesn't necessarily mean like him and Lucas Black are going to have an adventure together. It's more like for fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. I do definitely remember being in the theater now during the end of Tokyo Drift when that happened and just being like, yeah. <laughs> yeah Vin Diesel's back. That's awesome. Because <laughs> that, awesome. was, that was back when Universal had some patience and they wouldn't put that. Like now they would just like put that in the trailer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And like had his name on the poster. <laughs> well, it would be like, it wouldn't be the first trailer, but it would be like the third trailer, you know, because they always have to add some new scenes each time. Right. Uh, but yeah, they definitely would. Um, yeah. But let's move on because this one's kind of boring. All right. Now we are at Fast Five, released in 2011, written once again with the hat trick by Chris Morgan, hat trick by Justin Lin, three in a row. This one is starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Tyrese, Ludacris, Sun Kang, the dude who played Vince, Gal Gadot, the Jesus statue in Rio. All of them get prominent screen time in this movie, which is fucking awesome. You would get everybody back from the old franchise. Plot of this one, Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, uh, Jordana Brewster, they're on they're still on the run. They're off they're off in Rio, Brazil, just taking taking a random car stealing job for some extra cash. Get way too tied up in this criminal's organization, which I find hilarious that they didn't even need to be tied up in his organization at all, but decide to be. And they decide to get a gang together full of characters from previous movies to perform one of the biggest heists that they've ever done mm. in what arguably might be one of the best movies in the franchise <laughs> fast five so yep. this is this is where it begins i feel like like this is this is where like phase two of the franchise like if you know the way marvel does phases this is this is fast phase two right here oh totally this is like almost like a reboot of the entire franchise like they don't like change anything about what they did i mean mostly not uh, but it is totally them being like, okay, now we are like superheroes. We do this crazy stuff. Like they all like go up a whole bunch of like EXP levels and everything. Yeah. And and the the script takes a pretty big dive away from like the world of street racing. Mm-hmm. There's still cars involved in everything these guys do. They still love cars, talk about cars and all that. Right. There's plenty of car porn in it. But it's not so much like there's very, there's only one moment where they actually go to like a street race and they cut away before we even see that race. So it's like they're almost like pointedly telling you like, listen, this is now an action. I don't even know. Like this one specifically feels almost like like it's like a heist movie. It's like kind of fast answered Ocean's Eleven a little bit. But yeah, it's a brilliant move that they went with this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you needed a big star like Dwayne The Rock Johnson to be able to accomplish that, you know, like make it feel big. Like a big shift. Yeah, that's totally true. Oh, Sounds like somebody's in the Rocks camp. (laughs) (laughs) Old Vin Diesel versus the Rock feud. Masha has chosen the Rock 100%. I am neutral. (laughs) Are are you team Vin? 
I mean, like, I had a Vin Diesel poster. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to be, but The Rock's pretty great too. But I mean, I'm just saying. and the way we yeah. flip with the way we flippantly talked about Hobbs and Shaw before, where we were just like, yeah, it's all right. I mean, they do some stuff, but I okay, that's getting into a whole other argument about Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Masha, I don't, don't even worry, Vin Diesel's the producer on this. So if The Rock's <laughs> in it, it's because he brought The Rock in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He can bring him in, and he can shoot Take him out. Him out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, what I forgot about The Rock, though, just out of my memory of him, I forgot that he got big for this role. <laughs> so, like, I was reading up on that here where, like, he felt like if he was going to play a bounty hunter, he wanted, and, like, instead of Vin Diesel, he wanted to be, like, giant. Because, I mean, I've been, I'm Rock since I was born. Like, I was the, You have an autographed book. I, yeah, I got The Rock's autograph in 1998. Like, way before <laughs> other people were getting The Rock's autograph. Like, did you get it from him? Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. I waited online a very long time. It was when his autobiography came out. Was it at a mall? Uh, <laughs> no, it was at a bookstore. It was, yeah, but it was like one of those, I like, convinced my mom. I, it was snowing. We waited out in the cold. Like, I remember she was not happy about it, but I was like, come on, this is the rock. Like, I don't think you understand. Like, I can sell this for millions later. Millions. <laughs> and millions. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he was, he was, obviously, he's a wrestler. He's a big guy. He's bigger than all of us in this room. So it's not like he was small, but in the world of wrestling, he was never one of the bigger wrestlers. He's not Brock Lesnar. He's not the, you know, he's not this big dude. And then nowadays, though, he is known as that big dude. Like, he's usually, right. most people aren't as big as The Rock. And I forgot it was for, like, pre-2011, he didn't look like that. Like, you go back and watch any movie from the 2000s, and I was like, fuck, he got that big for this role. And, like, now that's his whole personality, mm. is being that big. Yeah. Which is wild. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. No, The Rock is pretty awesome in this movie. Like, you are correct about See? that. Yeah. I will there give you go. that. The Rock in his little Under Armour shirt running around. Just oh. Flexing everywhere he goes. He has some <laughs> of the greatest lines in this movie. Uh, I get a genuine fucking chuckle every single time when the dude goes, you want the good news or the bad news? And he goes, you know, I like my dessert before I like my dinner. And then the guy gives him the good news and he goes, all right, now give me the damn veggies. <laughs> That's the best good news, bad news dialogue I've ever fucking heard. Yeah, just to talk about, I mean, The Rock's character in this is pretty cool. Because, like, the movies are constantly just having, like, basically police figures that then will eventually, like, turn over to the bad guys. (laughs) But The Rock is, like, very different than our Paul Walker character of the past. Like, he comes in as this super badass, like you said, essentially like a bounty hunter who seems to operate under uh, U.S. Yeah, yeah, I I guess I don't know what the hell his job is, actually. Yeah, he seems to just do whatever he wants. Like, he literally just comes into Brazil, and he's like, well, I'm in charge of this operation. And they're all like, well, you're pretty big, so okay. (laughs) And also, yeah, like, to up the villain factor as well. Like, I know we said we were going to talk about the villains. The villain in 4 is so forgettable. I find Braga to be a little boring. Um, So, yeah, The Rock is finally, I think, the first great, like, antagonist that these guys got to go up against. And he's not just, like, a run-of-the-mill. I mean, because they also have Reyes, who's kind of, like, also the bad guy, but... I guess The Rock does become their friend before this movie's even over, kind of. He's yeah. like, he decides to team up with them and, and loves their shenanigans a little bit. Yeah, so I would say, you know, of this movie, the pivotal pivotal point in this is, you know, Vin, Vin and his crew, they've they've got their plan going. They're actually, I think they're pretty much, they've like packed their lunches, they're, they're ready to go, they got the cars going, they're just about to leave to do the heist. And then in rolls The Rock with his crew. Oh, so yeah. The Rock and his crew come in. There's a good fist fight that ends in a tie naturally. And, uh, you know, our heroes are all getting arrested. So The Rock has them in, like, all their, like, Humvees and stuff. And they're driving through Rio uh, to take them, I don't know, wherever. 
um, to their detainment center <laughs> or some sort of plane to fly home. But then their their convoy gets ambushed, which in hindsight, a very terrible choice by the you know this like gangster in like Rio. Because if they just let him go, the Rock would have just left. Like yeah. he wasn't gonna like continue investigating a country yeah. he's not even from. So he would have just gone home. But instead, this guy's like, no, let's blow them up and like cause a real problem. Kill some of his men, everything. Yeah, so you have this yeah. pretty like sweet scene where they like you know do the classic like I don't know like a dump truck in front and then like an eighteen wheeler behind and like box them in and then blow up some stuff with like rockets and like, but during this scene you know a bunch of the rocks people get killed and then more importantly like Vin Diesel and his crew they like save the rock yeah and maybe even some of his people if yeah. everybody's left so basically they learn they're like oh maybe that's what family is all about you know maybe <laughs> the law maybe the law is one thing maybe family is like a whole new level of thing. right and like maybe these like criminals i've been chasing are actually pretty cool plus the rock is now super mad and like wants to go into rage mode and since his crew's dead he obviously needs a new crew and then this is where basically now you know our two adversaries team up and they decided that instead they need to take out this like big boss of Rio. And this is like our act three turning point. Yeah. I great, great plot. Yeah. I love everything great. about it. Yeah, so this is the start of the villains eventually becoming on the on the gang's team, which is a great trend. I love going forward in all of these. Um, so Dave, as as like a the biggest fan of these and the one who was most likely watching them as they were coming out. To me it seems like the bringing every like bringing in character from each previous movie to make this team is like such an exciting way to go with it that like I even get like a little bit of like goosebumps there in the montage when I watched them now in order. Was that like huge at the time to everybody watching it or were people more just excited that The Rock was in it? Oh, I think everybody coming together was like a huge part of this. The like the team assembly. Yeah. I feel like I the trailer for this didn't show that much or I hadn't really watched it or I just wasn't really thinking about it. But basically like I do remember watching it and you're just like it's just everyone from like every movie. Like there's very few people left out. And, like, it's such an exciting, like, you're just like, oh, it's this person from movie two or movie one or movie three or whatever. And, like, I think Han, like, coming back in this is really, really good. Because you can actually, like, for the fourth movie, you can pretty easily kind of forget that Han was even there. Because it's yep. like a short period. Mm -hmm. But it really ties in a movie that otherwise could have just been, like, a throwaway. So I think bringing in Han was really good. Yeah. Because now you've got him from three. You've got the people from two. Like, yeah, it's a really nice, like, combo of everybody. Cool. Yeah, I think it's such a smart way to, like you said, it's it's almost a reboot of the franchise, but it's such a fun way to just bring everyone in, and it almost like rewards you for watching all the movies up to this. Like you mm -hmm. kind of, because I've seen people watch this where they haven't seen the other movies, and that scene means nothing to them. They just think it's a standard, like oh, these are people we know. But when you know, it's like it's so fucking cool. Well, you just don't expect it. Like even even like Gal Gadot is Giselle coming back. Like you just you know you think she's one and done in that fourth movie. And, you know, she ends up becoming such a big character. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. And then this, the amount of good action scenes in this movie. Like, loving the, love the favela chases, like, on the rooftops. And, again, that brings it out, like, takes the cars out of the equation, just brings a normal-ass normal, normal -ass action sequence. Are, is this a movie with no ladies? Like, I mean, Jordana Brewster's in this a good amount. Oh, I mean, like, race ladies. Uh, oh, like butts. I mean, yeah. well, don't oh. worry. They do that. They do go to the street racing part, but that is the only really butts butts mm. part. Yeah. This is like probably lacking in butts more yeah. than any other movie. Least amount of butts, I would say. Wow. Yeah. All right, five no butts. Yep. Worst movie on Masha's <laughs> list. Total lack of butts. Don't like it. Yeah. And yo, one thing I noticed this time. Um, so I've seen Furious Seven probably the most, 
And I especially have seen that last scene where we say goodbye to Paul Walker in that movie where, you know, they're driving car side by side by cars. So I've seen that footage of Paul Walker a bunch of times. A lot of it was taken from Fast Five. When they're about to race cop cars after the fo- after the team steal cop cars and decide to have a race for a million dollars each, every time Vin Diesel looks over at Paul Walker, he's like responding to him and he's making the exact same motions and movements and poses that they take from that for him saying goodbye in Fast and Furious Seven that they CGI on his body. And as it was like nuts when I was just watching it, it just like came over me and I was like, I fucking seen Paul Walker in that pose. So many times, and I finally found where they got a good amount of that that footage from, and it was from Fast Five in the cop scene. If you watch them back to back, you'll know I'm not crazy. Oh, I believe you. Yeah. Did it? Did it get you a little emotional? Did you have to pause it for a few yeah. minutes? Yeah, I had to pause it and play the Wiz Khalifa song just so I can I can get myself back to normal. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh well, not there yet. Two movies away. And then dude, it just culminates in this vault heist, which is oh my god, so inventive, it's so awesome. These two cars stealing this bank heist through Rio. No, the like the vault heist is pretty bananas. It is also the like this. Is, I was gonna say this movie is the start of like just massive collateral damage from our like <laughs> heroes, like and just like throwaway murders. Yeah, like, I Vin mean, Diesel's throwing people off trains. Yeah, the amount of obvious carnage they do with this safe, like they are just completely. They're like, we do whatever we want now. We don't care. They're basically like sociopaths. And that's what I love. We love them, but kind of the whole like driving point of early on in the movie is when the the criminals kill three DEA agents on the train while they're doing this heist. And then that's who Hobbs thinks thinks that the fast crew is the people who killed these DEA agents. And that's why he's after them. And they keep making such an effort to be like, we didn't kill those men on the train. We didn't kill them. I'm like, dude, but you killed like 40, 50 other people who were probably innocent. Like not, not that these DEA agents weren't innocent, but like they're still in a line of work where that's a possibility you might get killed. Like you killed regular folk plenty in oh, this yeah. movie. That vault should just be covered in red. <laughs> just have blood all over Dude, it. When from... it goes to the bank and then Jordana, because they're Jenna Brewster and she's kind of like giggling about it. And she's like, did you guys just uh, go through a bank? And I was like, yo, like, you're not a maniac. I, I thought, but I guess you are. You're all <laughs> fucking nuts. I guess when, when uh, Vin Diesel's your brother, it's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I thought about that actually like this week when I was like out running. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's like where I'd be. I'd be like running in the media and like having a good time. And like if these two idiots would come down like oh, no. with this vault and I'd be, I'd be done. <laughs> Sorry. We did skip through it in three, but like in Tokyo Drift, when the cars are drifting in Tokyo and all they miss all those people. Like, oh, come on. Gets that, when they, that big crosswalk. Five people had to have died. Oh, like, easily. there's no way easily. no one in that crowd got hit by a car. Oh, man. They're killing everyone in these movies. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes our heroes not really heroes, but <laughs> they're, they're pretty selfishly motivated throughout most of these movies. They're, hero, they're heroes in their own right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if it helps us specifically, we will do it. Ignoring that, though, the safe is awesome. In, <laughs> like, a, G, in like a GTA sense, like, yeah. that safe's pretty awesome. Like, I like, could, yeah, I could see myself playing that mission in a GTA game. Like, you and a buddy have to cooperatively drive, it, like, drive in tandem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See how quick you get to level five stars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, like, real quick. The police are definitely all being called right away on that one. That is also a thing. There should be like full SWAT teams. Like the army should be, the army should definitely have been called instantaneously when like as soon as they heard about that. Oh no, they said in the movie it's only every corrupt cop in Rio because they don't want to make you feel bad about all these cops getting killed by the safe. So they're like, don't worry, they're corrupt cops. Oh yeah. You know? They purposely say these are only the cops that work for the bad guy. They're not the regular cops. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my god, that's so funny. 
But yeah, again, though, even though I sidetracked it to your point, that is an awesome scene. And it leads to like our Ocean's Eleven moment because like, you know, you drag the safe around for a long time. Finally, the rock's like, you can't take the safe. And Vin Diesel's like, well, okay. And then he like winks and laughs or whatever. And then they do like the flashback to them throwing this million ton safe into the back of a garbage truck or whatever. And I guess pulling another one out. I guess that's how it must have started. But I don't know. They somehow do the old (laughs) swapperoo under like an underpass. Oh man, very clever. Yeah. <laughs> I love how like how much the rock is like giggling about them like pulling a fast one on them and I was like, yeah, your career's probably over. Like letting them go for 24 hours is already some iffy shit, but like on top of that you didn't even get the money. So like what was the point of teaming up with these guys for destroying half of Rio, letting them get away and the money stolen on top of that. <laughs> well, the money was owned by like the corrupt guy in charge of the town. So that wasn't really American money. I guess so. I would say though the fact the rocks like a bullet from the rock's gun is in that guy, like that might be problematic. Yeah. Because <laughs> he does just point blank shoot the guy as he walks by, like cold blooded. Yeah. Like definitely the rock's like passport does not work in Brazil at the end of this. No. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my for my he, son of a bitch. He had to go straight to the airport and like, get out of there. That was a public relations nightmare for, uh, I'm sure, a long time. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about Five other than every action sequence is fucking awesome. The whole conceit of the plot is awesome. Just bringing everybody back together. You got the rock in. We're not so worried about racing anymore. We're just we're just action franchising it. And I, I didn't look up the numbers, but I think you were saying it's probably, the, at the time, the most the highest grossing one, definitely, right? Oh, yeah. I think it must be. I didn't actually write anything. I only wrote it down for the first three movies. But yeah, yeah this I one. I mean, this one, when it came out, you're just like, whoa, this is a new series now. Yeah. This like went from being a thing where I was like, yeah, I like these movies. They're pretty fun. I got like my poster and stuff. But this is like when this came out, that was like, I feel like everybody's like, oh, these movies are yeah. pretty crazy. I remember I was, I was working in the Stop and Shop Deli at the time. And I, I had a buddy there who, who was a big like bodybuilder. Kind of like he was like the target audience for this movie. Like liked cool cars. Like just kind of like he like dude shit a lot. And like. I remember he could not stop talking about this movie when it came out. Mosh, you got anything to add to Fast Five? I know you've seen these movies at least, so you're you're being quiet, but I think it's just because you... Yeah, it's definitely because I don't remember as much as you guys do, and I haven't watched as much either, but... Yeah, uh, I I mean five is one of it's right. it's great. Out of the out of the five crew that that they bring back, everyone who's your favorite? Oh, like out of the whole crew in five. We got Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Han, Tyrese, Ludacris. I mean, Han's always great. The two dudes whose name I could never remember <laughs> who were in Fast Four. They're pretty fun, actually. The, the demolition guys. What are their names, you know? Oh, I do. I have it in my little notes. Hold oh, on. <laughs> I feel like one of them might be Santos, but I, I could just be thinking of that. Okay, so I think what I have... Oh, yeah, yeah. So their character names are Leo and Santos. Hey, oh, got wow. one. But here's a fun fact. So their actual names are Tego Calderon and Don Omar, uh-huh. and they're musicians from Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico. And they actually wrote and performed one of the songs on Tokyo Drift. Oh, snap. And then like after that, they just kept showing up in all the movies, and I looked it up, and these are the only like movie like credits they have, or acting credits in general. Uh-huh. So they're just basically like, they're just like kind of there, and seemingly somebody liked them. As, like, an aside, I think it really goes, like, Vin Diesel's a big fan of this, like, you know, and it's a good idea, but of, like, when you're casting 
you know, these big like crews and stuff like that is to pick people that are like famous. These uh-huh. guys are very famous in their home countries. Oh. So like by putting these guys in the movie, I mean, they're totally fun, but also like in those two countries, people will be very excited about it. Very strange. And just having Damn. this. Yeah. So he always has these like very diverse casts and things mm. like that. All right, that makes me feel better because I've always felt bad that they kind of like don't get included going forward in the future movies of like being on the crew because they're like very much part of the crew in this one. They're in all the family speeches. And then they just get, like, a line of dialogue in part six saying, like, oh, we're not going to call them. And then they don't get called. So I always kind of felt bad just thinking they were, like, two actors who got, like, the shove. But good to know that they're not really, like, pursuing acting careers. They got their own thing going on. Wait, yeah, sorry. They there's an actual line that's, like, we're not going to call them? Well, they say, like, oh, they got caught up in some gambling problems back, oh. back in Rio. So they, they got shit to do. Like, they're oh, just, okay. like, you know, they ask, where are they? Like, oh, we got everyone together. Where's Santos and Leo? And, cool. uh, I did not but remember that. <laughs> I don't know, Dave, have you ever seen these short... F- There's like two short films that have come out in between these movies. One, I think, after Fast and Furious 2, and then one after 3 before 4, and that one is called uh, Los Bendaleros, and it stars Vin Diesel and those two guys, and it kind of shows how Vin Diesel got down to Mexico or Dominican Republic, wherever he was in, in part 4. Oh, I've seen them. <laughs> also, they were in when we did the uh, the Benson's uh, movie marathon. We showed them that as well. Whoa. So of the shorts that I'm aware of, there's the one between movies one and two. Yeah, that's what and, I was thinking of. And that's basically like 15 minutes of just Paul Walker. It's actually not bad, but it's just Paul Walker basically driving from like California to Miami and then just doing street races on the way. Yeah. Oh. And I think making out because he is on the other side of the country in part two, so people were like, "How did he get there?" Were, so. Was it actually released between the movies? Yeah, in that some or it was capacity. Like a, yeah, they, yeah, I think maybe it was like, yeah, I don't know where it would have been back in two thousand three, but I'm pretty sure it ended up on the DVD because I know I saw it eventually. Yeah, it's not bad. You can check it out on YouTube. Yeah. It's like pretty fun. He just cruises around, does some races, and then <laughs> ends up there. And then yeah, Los Bandoleros was before four. So that was their, like, to get people hyped up and ready for the fourth and, movie. And, like, explain where Vin Diesel's been doing since part one, really. Yeah. And that's, like, you know, Vin Diesel and Michelle Rodriguez is in it. There's oh, yeah. an unnecessarily long scene of the two of them just making out a bunch in, like, some, like, <laughs> lagoon. <laughs> was it a fast makeout scene? No. It was very long and detailed. <laughs> but it was furious. You hit a point where, like, what's going on here? Why was this produced? <laughs> is it just for this purpose? Uh, but yeah, so those shorts are pretty fun. I think they just have those two. I'm surprised yeah, I, I they haven't the done one. Ones, yeah. If there's anything they should have done during this uh, pandemic, like that's the kind of thing they should have done. It's yeah. Like, just done like a fun shoot for like the ninth one. That would have been that's pretty cool. Dope. Yeah. But I feel like it's hard now because everybody's like too serious and makes too much money. It's like way easy to do when they're all like younger and stuff yeah. like that. You know, they're just like, ah, we'll flip you a few bucks and then we'll do the movie later. It'll yeah. Yeah, it's way too expensive now. Yeah. Cool. Any final thoughts on Fast Five other than I think we all think it's pretty cool. Pretty awesome. No. no. I feel great about <laughs> it. All right. Let's move along. Fast and Furious Six, released in twenty thirteen, written again by Chris Morgan, directed again by Justin Lin. And starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Dwayne Johnson, and the rest at this point. I mean, I can't name all these guys. The the crew comes back every single time going forward. And this time, the gang has all retired from their life of crime after each getting their $11 million from Fast Five. But it is not until Vin Diesel learns that Letty is, in fact, still alive and working with the criminal organizer Shaw 
and the crew must go to London in order to stop Shaw, save Letty, and get pardons all around. Not going to lie, plot-wise, this was the most interesting movie to me. Ah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Letty slash Michelle Rodriguez. She's so badass. Yeah. She's like the equivalent of like a Johnny in Cobra Kai. Like, we're not the equivalent. No, I Because she doesn't mean. really have the humor aspect. Yeah. But like, she's just like a cool lady. Oh, she's mad cool. You know? Because I suck, we missed the post credits on Fast Five. We should have just talked about. Oh right. Where we? That's where we we get the Rock doing paperwork, and that's when Eva Mendes comes back. So I remember you asked if Eva Mendes comes back for a brief moment, and she comes to deliver Rock a, uh, a case file, and he said, "I think you'd be very interested." And that's when we see the picture of Michelle Rodriguez. Was this the first post credit scene? Yes, post credit. Yes, first nice. post credit scene. Yes, it was. And that's that's another thing going forward that we're pretty much going to get in most of these sequels coming out after this. So yeah, this one it's this one's always weird to me because th- there's a lot of things I really like about it, and like on paper, kind of similar to four, where I'm like, a lot of this is good, and I like it as an individual moment. But I think because it's coming off Fast Five, it's got a lot to live up to. And while it is all technically solid all the way around, it's just not quite as like. It just sucks that it comes after one of the best ones in the series because it tends in my in my mind I tend to forget it a little bit, and as we'll see in the next one, I think it's sandwiched in between my two favorites. So it's like, it's it's good by every means that I can think of, but I also just tend to forget it the fastest. I don't know where do you fall on this one? No, I totally agree. As you're saying it, I'm like that makes sense because I always like I'm like ah six like it's fine. But then, like, yeah, when you talk about it, it's like everything about it is pretty great. Like, The Rock's like, all right, you're going on an adventure. And like, oh, we're on adventures now. So now they're not, like, criminals. They don't have to worry about, like, they're they're basically, like, Avengers at this point. Yeah. This is the point, too, where they become, like, they were kind of indestructible in 5. And they're, like, real indestructible now. Big time. Like, The Rock's doing stuff. Like, The Rock's jumping from, like, a car that's on one level down, like, a story later. And then just clamping onto another car. Yeah. Which also, I don't, I, I mean... Don't physics work? Well, wouldn't he just get left behind? Like, I don't think he'd be traveling forward at the same speed as both cars. I mean, the problem is the rock has a lot of drag, so you're right about that. But, I mean, technically, if he's on one car, he's going to have all the velocity of it when he jumps off. I guess, yeah. But I would I would agree that uh, the aerodynamics of the rock's body <laughs> versus, like, that super sleek car are probably pretty different. But maybe the car just slowed down a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> some factor. Maybe he used his awesome leg muscles to push forward enough and plan it out. There are a lot of muscles. But yeah, it is like, you are right. It's pretty good for that. I really still enjoy the like comedic moment where Tyrese is like saying how the, the bad guy crew is just the same as their crew. Yeah. I love that trope. I love when you have a team of good guys and then you have a team of bad guys that all like are equivalent to them where you have like one of each. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know why Power Rangers has come up twice at this point, but I do remember <laughs> as a kid there was an episode of Power Rangers where they made like evil Power Rangers and like each one had to fight their own like version of themselves. Uh-huh. And I don't know, I just always thought that was mad cool. So yeah, this that's what this one does where Shaw's whole crew, there's like a doppelganger for each one on the other end. That's pretty fun. But yeah, like all the action sequences are like solid. I think Shaw's car that has the ramp in front of it that can flip other cars is fucking cool. That's something we've never seen before. So he's just using... He's flinging people's cars at other cars as weapons. Tank sequence is great. I think the plane sequence is great. Like, there's really not... Like, most of this works. But yeah, I don't know. It's just something something about it. What I do find hilarious, though, is that, you know, Hobbs comes in to get these guys all amped up over getting Letty... You know, getting Letty back. And he's got the whole crew in front of a table. And he show, he walks up and he goes, 
I'm here to put your family back together and throws a picture down of Letty. And then I'm looking around at like the eight characters that are standing there. I'm like, only two of these motherfuckers ever met Letty. Like Tyrese never met Letty. Ludacris never met Letty. Giselle never met Letty. Han, I guess Han knew her. All right, so three. I got it wrong there. But I was just like, yo, this scene works for us as the audience. But these people are like, who the fuck is that? Like, you know, so that's pretty great. Uh, yeah, that is pretty funny. That'd be good if they were like, eh, I can take her to leave it. <laughs> yeah. I do like I, this. Yeah, I do like though that they add the pardons though. It does make it more believable that they're like you know, if they were all just doing it for Letty, I would find that harder to believe, but the everybody getting pardons is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I wonder like in real life, let's talk real life gang. <laughs> how challenging is it? Like let's say you've done some real bad stuff. Like let's say you've murdered scores of people in Brazil and caused like an international incident and Maybe. like your face is ever like everybody yeah. knows who you, you are. You could never come back to America. Yeah. What could you do to actually get a pardon? Like this, this whole idea where you clear your entire criminal record yeah. is cool and you can just get go to your picnic table back in LA. Yeah, there's I mean, taking down an international terrorist might be one of the only things like Yeah. I guess so, but even that, and then you have to make it public about the terrorist cuz people are like, "Hey, aren't those those guys who right. murdered all those people in Brazil <laughs> yeah. and like did a l- bunch of bad stuff and stole his money and they're the FBI's most wanted and they were like oh yeah but yeah. something happened we, we worked it out not even acknowledging the level of approvals that need yeah. there needs to be did, to did like it, get didn't this didn't they kill my bank teller mother that worked at the bank when they were stealing a hundred million dollars and <laughs> destroying the streets like yeah we uh, need we need one of your listeners to figure out <laughs> an equivalent <laughs> we're obviously not doing the research or we would have just told you now oh yeah but whatever the like I don't know, biggest offense that someone has done in like real life and then gotten a part of because they did something like awesome, basically. Is that like catch me if you can? That's like an example of that, right? Uh, I've only watched that movie once. He was kind of pardoned. <laughs> he had to serve his time in France because the French government was like, fuck this guy. But mm-hmm. after that, the American government basically pardoned him and were like, come work for us. Right. Which is pretty cool. I like the, what's her name? The one who recently got fired off Mandalorian, mm. Gina Carano. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was pretty good. She is pretty cool. Yeah. Right? I think because in the next movie we get Ronda Rousey and she kind of stinks, in my opinion. So it's like, I was like, holy shit, this girl's actually not that bad. Like, she she's holding her own in this. Yeah. No, she's pretty badass. And her, her reveal of being on the, the bad guy side, I don't know, I fell for it the first time. <laughs> it's like a good reveal but it has no purpose it's oh, yeah. just like a thumb in the eye like nothing is gained from it she has not gained any information like they just leave and go to the next place like she might as well just stayed with them and like shot them in the back of the head when she left but like yeah. it's still super fun it's such a good burn yeah, yeah for sure yeah what else starts in this one that definitely carries on in the next three is the sense of time gets thrown right the fuck out the window where, like, this movie, they tell you, like, it basically takes place in four days. Because they're like, yo, Shaw's doing this thing. It's happening in 96 hours. We got to figure it out. And these guys are able to travel to countries and get back from other countries <laughs> without losing a day of travel, without losing any time whatsoever. And it happens so much going forward. But, yeah, like, Paul Walker literally flies to America, gets put in a jail is there for at least a day, it seems like, and then does all that Braga stuff and then makes it back in time. And then it seems like no, none of those four days were eaten up during that time. I thought, yeah, you know what I mean? It's awesome. Yeah. That just falls back to Fast and Furious. Yeah, it's just Fast the and dude, Furious you feel like, Dude, you feel like logic. Even the, the money back in Fast Five, like, the whole purpose of that movie is that they're so broke that they have to do this heist to, like, get out of this life and they have no money. But then they're able to... F- 
buy a second safe and ship it to Rio halfway through the movie. Like, who's paying for that shit? <laughs> you know? uh, if you remember right, Ludacris had a life before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before he knew them. Before he knew them. He's got some street cred. <laughs> Did some hacking on I the think you still need. I think it's just how you get the safe. I think you still have to pay for it. I don't think, I don't think your life gets you the free safe. Uh, who knows? You know a guy. Isn't six where Han is shown dead or dying? That's the post credits, oh. which I'll never forget to talk about. Yeah, we'll talk, talk about, about that in like an Sorry. hour. We'll talk about that in Furious Seven because I forget to bring it up. <laughs> I, I like the the tank and the the airplane stuff. To me, that also seems pretty video gamey, where it's like a boss level where you have to like figure out the weakness of the thing you're fighting. You know, like they, it's not, it's not just a matter of them like racing fast in the tank. They're like they have to come up with a clever way to take it down. <laughs> So I dug that where I, this game actually, this movie actually did become a video game. I don't think it's a very good one. I never played it, but the reviews seem to say it's pretty bad. But they made the first Fast and Furious video game in tandem with this movie. Um, and they just called it Fast and Furious, but I think uh, it follows the plot of that one. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, that tank like sequence is pretty sweet. And even though, you know, we're ripping on certain things that are like not possible and things like that, the... The diving through the air scene that is obviously ridiculous oh is still God. like I love it. Like oh, that dude. was everybody in the theaters just went bananas like when that happened. <laughs> yeah, that one I also saw. That one. Birthday. Yeah, that's <laughs> Don't awesome. worry, that was also a birthday party. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> nice. Uh, that part's awesome, and it has later the scene after that has probably my second favorite line in the franchise in terms of just like funny, silly shit that they say. Where she she goes to Vin Diesel and she's like, "When you caught me in the air." How did you know a car would break or fall? I was like, I don't think cars break falls. I think they make falls worse. I don't think you want to land on a metal car. Yeah, it's a lose-lose. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, the glass broke my fall when it went into my body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, oh, dude, I recently had my car window smashed. The amount of glass. I, it took me two hours to clean it all, and then I was still finding glass shards everywhere in my car forever. Yeah, it's think not, of those in your body. <laughs> yeah, it's not an easy thing. It's not, you know, just walk it off. No. Also, when Giselle says to Han after they think they won that me and you should go to Tokyo, she's pretty much signing her death warrant because we all know she's not in Tokyo. So it's like, oh yeah, she's she's going to go after this one. Mm, eh, there's no okay. frame of time, though. Maybe they're going to go for like 20 years. Like, yeah, know that's true. Yeah, knowing this friend, they probably would fuck with you like that. I'd be like, we did go. Oh yeah, we've been there for five years. It's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a tough one. I'm getting flashbacks now. I remember being really affected by that. Of Giselle's death? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty it sweet pretty hero's death. heartbreaking. Yeah. She, she just sacrificed herself to save Han, so it's a pretty dope hero's death. Yeah. And she goes down fighting, which is great. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's diving backwards, I think dual-wielding pistols, <laughs> hitting with amazing accuracy. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's doing it all. Every cool thing you can do. Oh. And we never see her die, which even when you see people die, is, yeah. still doesn't mean anything, so she could always come back. That's oh, true. Man. Wonder Woman two was not so good. <laughs> I know, that's a, except for I be pre Wonder Woman two, I was like, "There's no way she'd ever come back. She's way too big." And then I saw Wonder Woman two, and I was like, uh, "We'll see how many more of these we got in the in, in coming out before we fucking move put her back into this." Right. Like, Plus, they're just getting bigger. Like if they actually make like Fast and Furious ten, and like this is definitely the last movie for reals. Yeah. I feel like the odds of her coming back are like real strong. They are. I think they would bring just a- anybody back. They'll bring Absolutely. back Jesse from the first movie. Oh, man. They're like, Jesse. I know I got shot a bunch, and I've been in rehab for uh, 23 years, but I'm cool now. Yeah, dude, it was one thing to bring Letty back, but, like, also, I mean, I, I love Hot. I'm so excited he's back, but, like, they're really making it 
she seemed to like, don't worry about anyone who ever dies. <laughs> Which, like, I don't know. I don't know how much you want to set that precedent fully when you're making a franchise because it tends to make it a little more like, eh, they'll all be fine. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they handle Han coming back in this next one. When Dom does a flying headbutt to take out the big guy. I don't oh, know if you remember yeah. that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. just. That's literally one of my notes. I wrote, Dom's flying headbutt is fantastic. <laughs> well, he does the flying headbutt, and then there's also a different thing where either The Rock either the Rock or Vin Diesel is like holding that big dude up like on his shoulder, I guess. Yep. Like, it's just a straight-up wrestling oh, move. Vin, yeah, Vin Diesel he, goes under his like legs and lifts him up while The Rock dives in the air and clotheslines him. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking sick. That would be... I don't even know if... I mean, I guess that's been done in wrestling, but like that's, that is such a sick move. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, you have to... like Especially with that... That guy's already bigger than the rock so then to lift them up like you know how high the rock's jumping at that point yeah pretty wild oh yeah they're just in full shenanigans mode inside that thing yeah <laughs> but i gotta give it to me like with with that whole thing talking way back in fest two about vin diesel loving sequels that actually build the world like even bringing like braga back in this like that's it's like almost unnecessary but i do think it does kind of like, I think I used this phrase before of, like, it rewards you for seeing the old ones where you're like, holy shit, we're bringing back the villain from... Four. Braga was the villain in part four. Okay, thank you. And and, uh, and Paul Walker, like, has to go get information from him in jail. Uh, and, you know, you just don't expect it. It's two movies later. Like, you don't really expect that guy to come back. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I just love how this series does that kind of shit. Even the, that stupid agent, the one who Paul Walker always breaks his nose. Like, even bringing that guy back. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, yeah. yeah. No, it's awesome. It's just a series of bringing things, people back. Like Avengers, I feel like, like or Marvel. Marvel do it like a bit, but Fast and Furious just goes like crazy with it. They're like, we will bring anybody back at any time, no matter what happened to them. As long if as you're willing criminal, to do it, yeah. Yeah, maybe they were criminal before, don't care. Maybe they were good before, whatever. It wow. doesn't matter. I just feel like they operate on like who they like to work with. <laughs> They're like, oh, we liked working with that Han guy. Let's bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, this one... You know, after Giselle dies, Han decides to go to Tokyo, and that's where we get our next post-credit sequence, which admittedly it makes no sense, but it's fucking <laughs> awesome. Getting getting that Tokyo drift footage coming back in, and then you see just just a guy listening to the police radio, driving around the streets, crashing into him, and then fucking Jason Statham with that cliffhanger. That one I remember too, because again I wasn't watching the movies, but my my bodybuilding friend at at, at the deli, <laughs> he came in and he was like, "You're not gonna fucking believe it," and he explained the whole thing to me. So I, I knew all the Han stuff beforehand and everything, and I just remember him being like, "And it's fucking Jason Statham," and I was like, "All right, this is cool." Yeah, no, I'm, I remember that. I saw that one in the theaters, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that was a big end where he was like, "Oh my god," because yeah, it, it, like a. And again, it finally ended the whole prequel era of all these movies that came out before Tokyo Drift. It took three movies to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, up until this new one, this is Justin Lin kind of saying goodbye to the franchise after directing four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. Or, no, sorry, three, four, five, and six. We directed four of these motherfuckers. Yeah. So I think it's fitting where he's like, I'm leaving, I'm killing. Uh, I'm killing Han off on top of that. I think I'm taking my property with me. Right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm going to make better luck tomorrow, too, and I'm going to put Han in it. Oh. <laughs> All right. Should we do yeah, it? Should yeah. We jump? I mean, this is the, the emotional, the this heavy is, emotional uh, one. This is the emotional one. Sadness. Ooh. All right. Moving on. Ooh, I have some to talk about that if you want before we talk about the plot of the movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. If, you'll, if you'll indulge me. Yeah, go for it. So I just think it's funny going back to my love of Fast and Furious. Yeah. Uh, I remember it was like I was home. So I was up at my mom's. 
I think for Christmas break. So I think that's when this happened. There's a slight chance it was it had to be Thanksgiving or Christmas. And like when Paul Walker died, I received text messages from not one friend, but two different friends being like, hey, I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, on the first one, I was like, what are we talking about? And then I found out and I was like, oh, my God. And then on the second one, I was like, oh, yeah, thanks for thanks. Oh, thanks for the condolences. Yeah, there was basically condolences. And I was like, look, like, you know, I really like the Fast and Furious movies. And, like, this sucks. But, like, I was, like, friends with Paul Walker. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm really sad it happened. I don't want anybody to die. Oh, but those it was are really very funny thoughtful that, friends. Yeah, that two different friends are just like, hey, really sorry for your loss. I remember that, but I feel like my experience was a lot of girls my age being like damn he was so hot that's so sad <laughs> you know it wasn't yeah. really like a fast and furious sadness yeah more it was of like, more just a, like we lost the hunk yeah, yeah. exactly classic ladies am i right <laughs> just objectifying dudes oh, man, don't so care hard. about their acting prowess the movies they were in just Nothing. how handsome probably are they? didn't oh, even God. see that treasure hunt movie with paul walker treasure hunt movie. what was that with jessica alba into the blue or something oh, oh I, yeah i bet they all saw that <laughs> That was just like two attractive actors just swimming for like an hour and a half. They I got think. the guys and the gals. Yeah, based on the trailer, I think that's what it was. So. Oh, that's so funny. You got the fuck it. Wow. People texting you condolences. Yeah, that was a crazy time, right? Because it's just like you know, for anyone under a rock, uh, Paul Walker died, and it was halfway through the movie being shot. And there was like a one week period where I feel like Universal's like, oh yeah, we're figuring it out. And you're like, you guys are definitely gonna do this movie. Like mm. yeah. six was the most profitable movie and it made like probably half a billion dollars or something insane. Oof. So like I had no question in my mind that seven was going to come out in some capacity. Yeah. And then within like a week, they're like, Yeah, we're gonna figure it out, but we'll do it in a tasteful way. And everybody's like, Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah. <laughs> they're gonna mess this up. I don't see how they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, especially and me not being a fan of the franchise yet, I was still just like, oh, I mean, this is a franchise about stupid cars and stupid fast things. So I was like, they're not going to do anything tasteful. This is going to be a disaster. You know, like I I, I remember thinking like, ah, uh, that was actually, all right, let me, we're talking about the movie now, so I'll just quickly jump in. Furious 7 came out 2015, written once again by Chris Morgan. Yeah, he writes them all. And then directed by James Wan, who I love, who we could definitely talk about. And starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, and the gang, plus a little bit of Jason Statham. Yeah. I, I know it's been a couple of movies now, but it's just funny how those ri- other writers dropped off. <laughs> oh, it's been Chris Morgan since... Like, uh, three or something. Yeah, since part three. Like, yeah. He's... Basically, yeah, like, this one guy gets credit every time for creating the characters, but Chris Morgan is the one who's been writing all these. Mm-hmm. And James Wan, I remember, I thought that was a crazy pick, and I can't believe how good he did, because this guy has carved, he's he's a great horror director, he's directed tons and tons of good horror movies, but that's kind of what like his thing has always been, is doing horror movies, and so when he popped on this, I was like, really? That's an odd choice, but I fucking, I think he crushed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like, spoiler, but this is, I mean, <laughs> I'm picking this as my favorite movie. Whoa. Nice. You kind of have to. It's just, it's such like a heartfelt movie, and it does have a lot of good stuff. It does. It really does. So this got you at the heartstrings, Dave? Oh, of course. I mean, at the end, like you didn't think it was going to. Like during the movie, I remember being like, oh, I wonder like what scenes he's in and stuff like that. Because it's not like a movie is necessarily shot in order. Yeah. You know, so you're like kind of trying to figure it out. And like definitely as you get towards the end of the movie, you're like, not so much Paul Walker in the movie at this point. (laughs) And when he is, it's like a weird dark scene or whatever. But it's not like 
I don't think it's that noticeable. Like, if you rewatch it, like, his character is just in the movie. Mm-hmm. And there's not that many things where you can pick out they changed. But there's, like, so many good. I mean, this thing has so many good movies. Back to butts. Lots of butts <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. We, butts. We, we butts yeah. on different Bring continents. Bring back the butts. Yeah. We, we, get, we go back to Race Wars. Race Wars is filled with butts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go to the UAE. There's some butts there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where else. I mean, they're just everywhere. Yes. Butts uh, and cars. It's the foundation of this movie franchise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to get the butt foundation. But, yeah, I mean, the plot of this one's kind of all over the place, but it's basically just Jason Statham getting revenge because Shaw was his brother in the last movie, and that's who they took out. I also realized we're doing a terrible job describing the plot, so you better have just watched these movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if you've never seen them, I don't even know what, what we're, we're doing for you here. <laughs> but, yeah, he's trying to get revenge. And then at the same time, we get introduced to Kurt Russell, who's like this shady government agent named Mr. Nobody, who kind of just like wants to use the crew to get this thing called the God's Eye. It, it's, it all just kind of seems a little MacGuffin-y. They got to save a new hacker. The biggest thing that people were coming to tune in to see just how they did handle the Paul Walker thing. And, like, dude, I, I do not envy the task that they had, like, when he died. Like, I can't imagine that being easy to figure out what to do with this. And, like, I kind of, like, I think they pulled it off of being able to finish this movie. Kind of like you said, where you almost don't even notice. Like, if you don't know that he died, you you wouldn't be like, why is Paul Walker less in this movie? Like, I feel like you wouldn't even notice it. And then when we do actually get the goodbye to him at the end, it is kind of tasteful. I think they did kind of nail it like they could have they didn't kill off the character or like do it like it's just like they had like a nice a nice scene that the special effects while you can kind of notice it a little bit do work really well in terms of paul walker like being in that car and stuff like that next yeah. to vin diesel yeah i think definitely when this movie ended ever the theater's like huh well oh okay then i <laughs> yeah. did not expect that to go yeah. as well as it did and I think now a lot I'm of sad. right, and I think a lot of that again. Uh, credit to the song, you know, the Wiz Khalifa jam. Yeah, that is a pretty good it, one. It's a great song. I think it pulled the right the pull the heartstrings in the right way. It was a nice, happy, sad. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, it's 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 sad, but like cool sad. It's yeah. cool guy sad. You know, it's got rapping. It's got a, it's got some dope drum beats. Got the hip hop. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hilarious. But I gotta say, the yeah, there's so many good sequences in this. The moment from the cars parachuting <laughs> up until Paul Walker running up the side of that bus falling off the cliff is dead-ass one of my favorite action sequences mm. probably of that decade. Like, I'd put it up there with, like, some Mad Max Fury Road stuff. Like, I love it. I think they it's so funny and tight. And then the way you're switching from this air thing down to good old-fashioned car racing with guns. Then Paul Walker gets in the back of the car, and we got this great hand-to-hand combat. Like, it's like a, it's a very inventive sequence where everything flows really well, and you never, like, lose track of what's going on or anything like that. And I got I to kind of just give this whole series credit for that, where it's that's, like, really hard when it comes, I think, just with editing action, where it's easy to get lost in the images that you're editing. And, like, Masha, you're an editor. Like, you have all this stuff that's, like, out of sequence... And you have to, you know, make it make sense to our eyes where characters are, like, moving through these things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes with action, they just add too many explosions or too many weird cuts. Or they just, they're not taken too seriously and you're, like, losing, you're losing your heroes. You're losing kind of, like, the focus of what's happening. And I think all these Fast and Furious, they nail it down where it just flows so smoothly where, you know, naturally tricks your body to think, I'm like, oh, these guys are doing this shit right here. Oh, yeah. So I, I love that sequence. That's probably my favorite, like, hands down sequence in the franchise is... 
the parachuting cars up to the Paul Walker bus. I think that was the first trailer. The first trailer was just that. Yeah. As I remember it anyway. Maybe they had a few shots after it, but it's basically just that scene because it's so good. Like the moment where like, yeah, the car, like he's like running along the bus and then like <laughs> he dives off and like junk catches onto a car. Yeah. So good. Which related to our earlier story. So yeah, that was the, as you mentioned, Andy, the cake that my friend Michelle made for me was literally like that scene. Yep. Um, <laughs> like with, for like, my with a toy bus and a Lego man. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was just like a cake that had a ledge and it had like a toy bus and this Lego man and the Lego man's holding on to the edge of like a car. Yep. It is pretty much the best. If cake. you have a picture of that, I'd love to post it <laughs> so people can understand how awesome. And I love it because yeah. we we had the cake before the before we saw the movie too. So I didn't see the trailer. So I was just like. Again, this was my first, like, I went from part one to part seven. So I was just like, why does Letty have amnesia? Like, I didn't remember <laughs> any of this stuff. I don't remember. I just couldn't, like, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I don't remember. I didn't see it. So I just remember trying to piece everything together from having only seen the very first movie to be like, well, I still recognize three of these characters. I think <laughs> I can figure out what's going on here. Yeah, you should have called your boy from the Stop and Shop. Oh, yeah, I shall. He like, Yo, you got to fill me in. I want to. He would have loved it. I don't want to seem foolish. I'm going to a professional outing. Should should get some previously ons going yeah. <laughs> before the movie starts. Seriously. And then also just another highlight, man, driving the car through the three buildings in Abu Dhabi. Where are they? Okay. Yeah, I think. I think so. Yeah. Could be. Uh, Abu Dhabi. <laughs> oh, did I say Abu Dhabi? <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Abu Dhabi. Uh, that, oh, yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another great one. The only real like criticism I could throw at this one is those two set pieces that I just mentioned are so fucking good. That it kind of makes the climax of the movie seem real small, where every other movie built up to the climax being the biggest moment, and then this one, it's like they're kind of just like fighting a helicopter while driving through L.A. And like after fighting that airplane in the last one, and then everything they do in the middle of this movie, it did seem a little small. And then the Vin Diesel, Jason Statham fist fight on the roof. I don't know. I just that that's my one criticism where this movie doesn't build up to a giant ending. It kind of like has its big moments earlier in the movie than the ending does. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Although, as we've been talking through these, I'm realizing that so many of these, like the opening scene, is like this. It was like one of the things I remember like the most. Yeah, mm. you know, like stealing the gas tanker or breaking Vin Diesel out with the bus, like all that stuff. For like, sure, for that's sure. how they, they do, lure you in. Yeah, they do a good job. I mean, even the very first movie, right? It's like it's the original caper, getting those DVD players. Yeah, yeah. oh, that's a great one too. Yeah, <laughs> granted, the scene, the set piece you're talking about does happen like midway through the movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because the movie is like two and a half hours long. All right. Um, any last last thoughts about like your emotions when you saw the ending for the first time? Mm, no, I mean I was in a theater with a bunch of friends. We'd all been drinking a bunch, including the fact that we were at the bar where you could like take beers into the theater, and we were in a Times Square theater, so Ooh. it was like a pretty rowdy one throughout the whole thing. So I think it was good. It was a time though. I'm like glad we were at a theater, right? Like. You know, we talk about now that theaters are reopening and stuff. Like, those yeah. are, that's a cool thing. I think anytime you can go to, like, an opening night or, like, you know, opening weekend or whatever theater experience, it's really good. And it's cool when you can have this, like, rowdy movie that just has all this ridiculous stuff that you, like, cheer for. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously it's very emotional because this person, like, literally died. It's yeah. not like a character mm-hmm. dying. It's like, oh, no, this guy's, like, really dead. Like, that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. It was a... Uh... It was a good night all around. Yeah. No, and I remember even me, again, not being a fan and not having seen any of the sequels. It even affected me, which I totally didn't expect. Like, I was like, it's going to just be like, whatever. And then it ended, and then they show you all the clips of Paul Walker from the old movies, like, in a quick montage, and you're just like, fuck, it totally works with the song. 
Damn. It just it gets you. It's, it works. And then I like also they, they don't do any kind of like cliffhanger uh, uh, post credit sequence in this one. They they said that they wanted to just kind of like keep it about Paul Walker and not have it be like about the next villain or anything like that. Right, which, right. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, also this one was called One Last Ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they like kind of implied that but then also to go along with that you know with uh with the idea of like were they going to cancel this movie and they're like right. no no it'd be one last ride and it's like mm, you made a billion dollars <laughs> like this is not one last ride at all like i'm not fooled by this oh yeah it was always a matter of how like how can we continue to make this movie without paul walker how yeah. could we continue to build off the fact that people came and watched this movie and will most likely continue to I don't know. Like, yeah. what's it like without Paul Walker? You know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a bummer, though. He was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. he really was. Sorry, Scott Eastwood. <laughs> uh, Paul- Can't carry Ooh. Paul Walker's water. Scott. Yeah, 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 he was, he was, he was, he's going to be missed going forward for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, as one quick thing to that. Uh, mm. So this movie made over a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. I just remember. I didn't relook it up for this. And at that time, it was the biggest like movie Universal had ever had. Oh, snap. So it was Universal's biggest movie. And I was like, oh, I was so excited for that. Because I was like, oh, they're going to make a whole bunch more Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> yep. I was like, Dave McGrath's been going to movies in the 2020s, 2030s. <laughs> I'll be like on my deathbed. And I'm like, there's one more coming out. And I'm like, all right, I can probably hold it together a little bit longer. You said at the time, do you know what? Did what surpassed it? Oh, I do. Because it was Jurassic World and it was like uh, three months later. Which didn't really matter. It, it was already, only three months later. It was the same Damn. like year. Yeah. So Fast and Furious movies also typically universal. come out like <laughs> Yeah, I know that. Well he said this is the most successful like, universal movie. Yeah. Oh, universal yeah, movie. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And it was like a top five of any movie worldwide. Now wow. since then you've got all these like star like so many movies now, this thing's probably bumped down to like every Avenger two probably just puts it down too. Yeah. yeah. Every, if you look at the list, it's crazy because so many in the last few years but um yeah when it came out it was universal's biggest movie and it was like a top three or five or something and it came out like april or may because they always come out in april or may and uh yeah i think the jurassic world came out in like literally like june or july probably yeah and then like was bigger and i was like well it was a good ride yeah <laughs> way to go fast and well, see which one holds up because i do not I like Jurassic World in the theaters, and then I've seen it twice since then. I like it less each time I watch it. I'm yeah. always just like, oh, man, this movie's kind of dumb. Yeah, it was probably a big time for movies. And then one last thing. Before this movie came out, Vin Diesel was like doing interviews, and basically was saying how this movie should win Best Picture. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, mm. Man, man's not wrong. Man's not wrong. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I don't know, Vin. <laughs> yeah. That might be. The, the Academy tends to vote for other kinds of movies. Yeah. <laughs> It did not, nor, <laughs> nor was it nominated. I felt like it being nominated was not unrealistic, though, just from the amount of the sheer money that it made. Yeah, I assume he's on Twitter, but now I, I really want to check out his uh, Twitter. I account. would love to, I'd especially read, around launch. I would read all his <laughs> tweets uh, in his voice in my head. It'd be great. Uh, all right, let's move on to the final of the current installments. Fate of the Furious. Oh, released in 2018. Written by Chris Morgan, once again. Directed by F. Gary Gray and starring Vin Diesel and the gang. Because at this point, I just can't name them all again. Uh, with the addition of Charlize Theron. Sorry, F. Gary Gray? Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny name. You don't like F. Gary Gray? <laughs> he made one of my favorite comedies of all time. Oh, really? Yeah, he directed Friday. Ah. Yeah, he's pretty cool. He directed The Italian Job. I know you mentioned that earlier. as like a 
weird little connection to this movie, sort of. Nice. And uh, but I think he got this one because three years before this, he did Straight Outta Compton, which was like a smash hit. That movie just took in so much money, so he kind of elevated him to like the the level of director that they would give one of these multi, like billion dollar franchises to. Right. Um. But yeah, this one, Vin Diesel turns his back on his family. Cool. After a mysterious villain shows up in town and talks to Vin Diesel and shows him something, he betrays his family and starts working for the villains, and the team has to work together for the first time without their leader mm. to figure out why Dom would turn his back on family. Spoiler alert, it was for family. <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts on this movie, Dave? I mean, the movie itself, like, visually and stuff is really fun. Uh, so, like, I liked it. I mean, it has a lot of, like, also ridiculous, like, set pieces and segments and stuff. The general plot, since that's what you just described, yeah. is, like, pretty dumb. <laughs> Only the idea that, like, he's like, oh, I did it for family. It's like, well, okay, but, like, your other family's over here. Like, you've jeopardized their lives to the max. You betrayed, like, basically, you betrayed, like, ten people that are, like, your best buddies, right? They're, like, they're your tier one family. For, you know, this other lady who's cool and, like, you know, we all like her. And, yes, it's your child. So, yeah. like, he had a child with her. Which, to be fair, he doesn't 100% know is even his child. That's just what... Oh, I gotta say... Thing. Sorry, I'm gonna jump in. From this yeah. rewatch I just did, I can't imagine it's his child. Because I forgot she was in Part 7. And also gets thrown out of a window in Part 7. <laughs> and then also... But I was just like, how... When could she have gotten pregnant? If she's not pregnant in 7, when... Would she have gotten pregnant? Because they definitely break it off in part six when Letty gets back. So I was just like, when on earth could he have... That's like, when I thought it happened in part six. But then why was she not pregnant in part seven? Oh, valid. And then well, she was <laughs> very soon after. And she has the baby in part eight. Uh, so it's just like, all right. I don't know. Okay. But then I also feel like getting thrown out that window from a bomb exploding might have... Might have jeopardized the baby a little bit. Well, but The Rock it was using his body to protect her. So we've already shown uh, we've already precedence that uh, a but man's body can protect a woman. From, pregnant from ladies death. are also not allowed to go on roller coasters. So I think just the tumbling alone is just, oh, gosh. <laughs> it's, it's a nightmare. Well, also, it's Vin Diesel's baby, though. So how strong? Like, yeah. A Toretto? I think a Toretto, Andy, can handle <laughs> falling out of a window. That's true. So that, I got no issues with that part. You forgot it was the Toretto. But mostly just the, like, I think that, you know, in all situations, you got to, and they do this time and time again, but, you know, you got you to gotta weigh things out a little bit. Also, Vin Diesel's choice to never tell anyone what he's doing is, like, a real interesting choice. Yeah. Yeah, he's a like maybe yeah. those dreads were just a little too convincing. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> you love talking about the dreads because <laughs> it's so bad. It's a bad choice. It's, it's a so tough choice. Bad. And it just sucks. Like it's fine if it's like bad on like an actor that you don't really like like, but she's awesome. So it just sucks that she's wearing them. <laughs> yeah, she's still a pretty great addition though. He, she is. So much. I want you to talk about this one because Ooh. I feel like you remember this one the best. Not only because it's the most recent, but this is the one that you and I went to the theaters together to see. Oh, well, yeah. F number and, one and started our new tradition of seeing Fast and Furious movies. Yes, because number one takeaway is that all Fast and Furious movies should be watched in 4DX. Absolutely, 100%. You shouldn't watch it any other way if you're... Like, a 4DX experience really just elevates it 
so much. Yeah, I kind of have to agree. I And just to explain what that is, it's really just a simulated movie theater experience where, like, your seat moves. If, like, they're driving through, like, the waters, a mist will fall on your face. Like, it's a very, like... You get poked in the back when there's, like, bullet shots. Yeah, yeah. It and could be annoying, but, like, if you're a little yeah. tipsy, it's really fun. So I'm, I'm of the belief where I find... I actually find it annoying in most movies... I've tried it once or twice, I think, outside of Fast and Furious, and I do think it's a little bit jarring. The example I've heard is, like, Spider-Man. So, like, this dude's swinging through the city, and then your chair's just jerking you back and forth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you feel like you're Spider-Man. You don't, you don't feel like you're swinging. You're just, like, fucking moving around. But this is a franchise where all the action takes place where everyone is seated. And so it actually does a pretty good job of making you almost feel like you're in these races where like Vin Diesel's racing through Cuba and he's hooking lefts, he's hooking rights and your seat's simulating these exact turns. It's fucking pretty yeah, sweet. Dave, you've got to do it for F9. So, yeah. So it's yeah. embarrassing. I have not. You don't see it the first time uh, with that. I nice. stole. Yeah. I, I, after getting drunk with you for seven, <laughs> Dave, I was like going to these things drunk is very fun. So Masha and I took that half, but then we added the 4DX and we were like, it was so great. We did the same thing for Hobbs and Shaw and we basically just said like every fast, that's going to be the first time we see it is with a bottle of whiskey and 4DX seats. And uh, it sounds awesome. It makes you feel like part of the crew, part of the family. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, those two experiences of this being our first 4DX and we also were a little bit tipsy. I remember we had such a blast seeing this one. Yeah, and theaters. it was nice to have like a female villain. She was pretty badass as well. That was yeah, I guess it was the first time. Yeah, and you somehow find out that she's been in charge of every other villain in the franchise up until this point. Like, because yep. <laughs> why not? Because yeah. that's Fast and Furious, for <laughs> I know. man. Exactly. Layers. I think they all they just wing it from movie to movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do it in six, where you find out that Braga from four works for Shaw from six, and you're like, oh, Shaw's the big dog. And then in this one, he's, he's like, oh, Shaw ran for me. Shaw ain't mm-hmm. shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, which is pretty great. Oh man, and she's back. Also, from the poster, it looks like she has like a funny bowl cut now. Yeah. Wait, which one? Uh, Shirley's Theron. Oh, yeah. Theron for nine. I don't know what I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. F9, she's back, and she has like a weird... It kind of reminds me of like uh, like Simple Rick from Rick and Morty. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Really dumb, dumb Rick. <laughs> He's got kind of the same haircut. It's like the bowl cut. Yeah. I like that they're bringing her back. I think that's our... You know, not counting the times when the villains become their friends, but this might be the first like true return of a villain between movies. Unless she's back just to be their friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like, let me tell you about the real villain, some aliens. We gotta go find them. They're like, let's, let's do, do it. it. And then Ludacris would be like, that's crazy because I've been working in a zero gravity car in between movies without telling anybody. Right. So it's ready right here. Yeah. I would say that this is the first movie since maybe two where, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like a lot more humor in this than the previous like few movies. Like, I remember laughing a lot. And I think it's maybe the play between Jason Statham and The Rock, you know, the scene with the baby. Like, there's just a lot to laugh about. Yeah, there's definitely is. I mean, I think there Tyrese, was in the, in the last always. couple. There was a, in the last couple of wins. I remember Six had a lot of, like, jokes. Whether or not you found them funny was one thing. But oh, okay. there, there was. But, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And it's not a surprise why after this movie that they chose to give Chase Statham and the Rock a spinoff. Mm-hmm. Their chemistry in this movie is fucking great. Like, they, that prison sequence, that's another one I put it up there is one of the best in the franchise. Them breaking out of jail mm-hmm. is just awesome. You even said you wanted to watch it after we, oh, after yeah. we recorded this. I am this. watching it after. <laughs> yeah. 
Sounds like we're having a sleepover. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're all watching F8. No, it does have a ton of good sequences. And like the very end when they're like in the Humvee or whatever and the rock like basically redirects a missile or something or like a torpedo gets shot out and the rock's like i want to go over there and just uses his freaking giant (laughs) arm and just like redirects it into like an enemy car so good yeah this movie does have a whole bunch of why not and we finally get to new york like we like we teased at the very beginning one i love the i thought the robotic car sequence where charlie's takes hacks all those electronic or self-driving cars that was pretty fucking dope yeah, that was cool. I liked it. Yeah. I don't know how many self-driving cars I believe exist in New York City, <laughs> but like they will at some point. Yeah, like, it's kind of an awesome idea. Yeah, makes you question getting a self-driving car, right? Ooh. You want somebody to hack it, or then EMP it, or God's eye you in it. Oh, yeah. so many possible problems. No, yeah. thank you. This one also introduces Scotty, so it is kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was definitely the like Paul Walker replacement. <laughs> That's what I think they hoped him to be, but I just I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I don't even know if he's at nine. Like, maybe he is. I didn't look it up, but I, I could see him just getting, like, pushed to the side after this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is funny. It's, like, the one the one movie I can think of, at least, that actually has such a, like, diverse cast that, like, their one, like, white guy died. And they're like, oh, we're, like, out of white guys. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like, we can't like, have no other, white guys. Yeah, the Avengers wouldn't be like, oh, we're out of white guys. Like, no, there's, like, eight of them over there. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we got, we got <laughs> them coming out of the woodworks here. Yeah, we got a whole bench of white guys ready to chop in the game. We got, yeah, we don't got worry. <laughs> we got Paul Rudd over there. He'll get in for a little while. He doesn't care. No, you got you got to be a special white guy Yeah, to, t- to replace yeah. Paul. Yeah, I got and I love I love Fast and Furious for being one of the most diverse franchises, but also not like shoving it down. Like they're not like annoying about it. Like it's not like in the marketing. Like yeah. check out how woke we are with all our black and brown people. And it's just Absolutely like no, they're just not. here. They're just people. This is yeah. Great. Oh no, just the crew. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and the fact that they don't have like just one token black guy already sold me. You know, yeah. like <laughs> there could be two. Black, different black guys in a movie. Yeah, because I think I noticed <laughs> it on the poster of Furious 7 where I just glanced at it. I was like, huh, there's seven characters and only one of them is white. That never <laughs> happens in like American movies, you know? Right. They don't have the confidence. They'll find a new Paul Walker at some point. Maybe Channing Tatum. I don't know. Mm. I like to see John Wick show up. John Wick <laughs> As John Wick, though. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I do think, and this is Andy's idea, but like Baby Driver would be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. When that movie was hot, when that movie yeah. came out, I was like, oh, yeah, he could be good dive right into this franchise yeah yeah i mean that actor himself is pretty good yeah yeah but i i, I want i want the character too just like mm-hmm. the john wick i want i want baby yeah. driver not just ansel elgort yeah well we can get him to direct what's who is the director again what's edgar his wright. name edgar wright he could direct a fast and furious movie and Whoa. bring his own character along you know Whoa. what i mean like justin lynn did yeah i'm not I'm not against it <laughs> i'm also not against just straight up crossovers mm-hmm. just let's throw in like it's like throwing john wick let's throw in yeah. whoever's universal owns when the number like nine is in your movie series and it's not like a directed dvd or streaming or whatever now like right you can you've got some yeah <laughs> you can just do whatever another it's thing nice. i gotta as a big friend of franchises and long-running franchises i gotta give them credit for sticking with the numbers too because the kind of way Hollywood would always go with these kind of things is once you get to about four or five, they drop the numbers from the titles because people tend to think sequels suck. So they don't want the general public to be like, well, this is part nine. I'm not going to go watch a nine. I right. haven't seen the old one. You know, so they'll change the title to all of a sudden instead of 
after Halloween 4 and 5, then it's Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers, Halloween H2O, Halloween Resurrection. It's not mm-hmm. Halloween 8 Resurrection, you know? Right. And so I give these guys credit for going the other way where they're like, no, no, we're numbering all these motherfuckers <laughs> and this is the ninth one and you get on board because they're awesome, you know? Right, right. Yeah, like that Chuck, like Child's Play 1, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, and then Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. It's You do that so that people don't know what number it is so that way they're more likely to go see yeah. it. Mm. This is probably a dead end comment, but I wonder how much that has to do with this being such an international success of a movie. Like they don't care as much for, for like for that. Yeah. You know, like I think that might be part of it. And then also I just think it's because it's so successful. They're like proud of how many installments yeah, they have and how exactly. many are good. It's not like the reason the numbers things drop too is because a lot of the sequels did suck. So people are like, we don't want people to remember <laughs> Friday the 13th part five. It was mm-hmm. a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Like let's 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 change it up. But like this, they're like hell yeah, dude. We make a good movie every time we come to bed. Like since five, right? Like even though I we were like we're saying six and eight are a little bit more forgettable. Like I don't think t- they're fucking great. Like I I'll, I'll yeah. watch five, six, seven, or eight. Well, also the idea going back to like the Vin Diesel, like let's make a, a universe that builds on itself. Mm-hmm. None of them are like. I mean, they're all fine as standalone movies, but they're all like pulling characters from previous movies. So like, there is an order to them. Mm-hmm. I have not seen Seed of Chucky or Bride of Chucky or any of the other Chucky's, but yeah. <laughs> I suspect that for the most part, there's not a whole lot of like, oh, remember this thing that happened a week ago or a month ago or a year ago. Maybe there is though. Maybe actually, that series there is Uh-oh. that because that actually that series ev- similar to Chris Morgan, every Chucky movie has been written by the same person. Mm. So he actually does like pride himself in his weird continuity. There's plenty of fuck ups of continuity, but like that's the one series where it's actually like every time he goes to write one, he's like, I remember writing all of these, like you know. So he's actually into it. But other series, yes, for sure. Well, like Halloween reboots itself every three movies. Like they're just like, yeah, fuck it. Those last ones didn't even happen. They they like just the you know the last Halloween pretends that everything except for the first one is thrown out the window. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Any final thoughts on Fate of the Furious? Oh man, as I think about it more now, I think it's better than I. Oh yeah, than I give it credit. I like Fate Actually, a lot. the lesson, the more I like talk about them, I'm like, nope, they're all like pretty great. <laughs> yeah, it's... yeah. I mean, I still stand by that Vin Diesel like his his motives are off. But I think it made for a fun movie. Like, I think it's fun he wasn't with the team. Let the team do some stuff. You know, like sometimes yeah. like the boss has got to leave and let the team do some cool stuff. Yeah. Let them shine. Yeah, exactly. And then like you know, and it was just a way to twist up the formula after eight movies. Like, you yeah, know, we've been doing the same kind of thing. Like, so it's what's... yeah. Like I get they were going for that. I don't have an idea of what would have made it better to have to somehow like like this was like how do we make Vin Diesel a bad guy again? <laughs> and like that's a very challenging move to do. Yeah. So I guess that's like the closest they could do. Yeah. And you know, this was the first time they truly didn't have any Paul Walker. Like the last time at least they had the bare bones of something they started. Like they just were like, Well, no, this is the first time we gotta go a full movie without this guy. Oh, totally. Yeah. Cause I think seven, like he's just in seven as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. big time. In the whole thing. Yeah. I forget. Is there an after credits in eight? I don't think so, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. I am. No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. It was quite a long movie, though. I it was. Yeah, that. it's real long. It like that baby long. scene is really funny, but I remember being like legitimately like tired by the time that like, <laughs> like you watch it, like, oh, this is still going on. <laughs> but like you said, that is like such a good comedic like thing and i think the movie maybe drags a little bit before that and that like brings it right back yeah Yeah. it's like and that to your point like that is like how like hobbs and shaw comes about is because of that so good and the rock's been like pretty awesome in these like it 
it does totally make sense that they would make that movie. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, like, Jason Statham just kills it in that scene. He really does. Yeah. I don't think I've watched any Jason Statham movies other than, like, him in Fast and Furious. Oh, really? Oh, my God. You have a lot to do. You have a whole weekend. Like, I gifted Andy Transpotter, but, like, I've never seen it. You also said it wrong? Oh, what the is trans- it? Oh, is it? Tr- Transpotter. I didn't even I didn't even bother <laughs> to read the title. <laughs> He also gave me Transporter 2, which was a pretty funny, oh. like, random. You're like, here's Transporter Part 2 on its own. Oh, well. Yeah. Man, oh Transporter 1, we did watch that a lot, too. I think that was, like, in early 2000s. That's yeah, when, like, Jason Statham was, like, really good shape and would do oh, these, wow. like, super long action scenes. And I feel like, to some degree, he's, like, coasted on that for, like, 15 to 20 years. Oh, yeah, Jesus. big time. Yeah, but those early movies, like, How he does, like, very he? long cuts. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, like a long cut scene, like super awesome fights. They're like fighting in oil at some point. Yeah, like, I remember that. But in a cool way. <laughs> no, nothing weird about it. God, he's uh, the same age as Vin, Vin Diesel. 53. Wow. Oh, yeah. All those like principals are like 53 or so. Yeah. Damn. It's an old man franchise. Except for his sister, who's 30. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> is my age. Yep. All right. So we can, we're not going to make a whole segment on Hobbs and Shaw, but I know we kind of talked about it earlier. Um, I think it's a ver- it's a fun movie. It's totally watchable as a great a- as an action movie. It just doesn't quite feel Fast and Furious to me. We kind of touched on it on top. Do you have any just quick f- thoughts on Hobbs and Shaw? Yeah, go ahead, oh, Dave. Sorry, I was gonna say as like a standalone movie, uh, I think it's actually really fun. I yeah. mean, it's, it's very much like you know you've had all these like pretty serious movies with the occasional jokes, and we're just gonna go full jokes all the time. Like mm-hmm. everything is a joke in that movie. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know, that's there's true. no. You're never concerned. There's never like that serious of stakes. Like there's pretty ridiculous stuff going on. There are some cool fight sequences, and also like Idris Elba is like super cool. Yeah, he's a so, cool villain. He's an awesome combo. Like yeah, he's probably like he's definitely one of the top villains. You can also look up the one of the original songs for the movie has Idris rapping as his character from the movie, and it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah, so if you look up the soundtrack, it's, it's like he, he's rapping as I can't remember his name, but. But as that guy, and he like talks about all his like mechanical upgrades and how he's Black Superman, like in the song, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I read for that that they when he does like the like I'm Black Superman thing that like is in the trailer. How they wanted him to be like I'm Black James Bond, uh, and he was like too soon. Yeah. He's like, no, I won't do that. Like he was like <laughs> legitimately like I'm not gonna do that. Not even gonna do a take of it because you guys will use it. No deal. But he would have been an awesome James Bond. Oh, oh yeah, been, absolutely. So good. Yeah. Uh, but what about you, Mash? You saw Hobbs and Shaw. I do. And I, Dave, you didn't mention it, but I assume you don't count it as like part of this. I mean, I kind of as a spinoff, but I'm not going to call it like the right. ninth Fast and Furious movie. You're, yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, it's in, it's in the family of movies because it's two of the characters, but it has, I don't, so far, it has no bearing. Now, if right. there's anything Fast and Furious likes to do, it would be to like have Idris Elba be in a movie. And that would change things. Yeah. Like, and that might happen in F9. I don't know. Although I don't think they could have kept that. But I could see it in like F10. Right. Because they sort of shot, like Hobbs and Shaw was shooting around, roughly around the time of like F9. Yeah. So I bet they're separate. But I could 100% see them bring, you know, these guys. Like I really hope like The Rock and Jason Statham were back for like the 10th movie. That would be great. Right. And yeah, yeah they and they had that whole, like you find out that 
there's like a bigger bad guy behind Idris Elba, but they don't reveal who that is. So they could easily like make that Charlize or like make that who Charlize works for because apparently there's always someone else <laughs> they're working for. Yeah. So the there's ladder. ways to do it. And I did forget that Helen Mirren was in it too. So I guess that's oh, yeah. one other connection to Fast and Furious, but it's still in like in the Shaw and family. And James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's true. yeah. But it's like, yeah, on its own, it's a pretty fun movie. And I do yeah. think the Ryan Reynolds stuff, even though it's like super dumb, was like real fun. Yeah. Like yeah. when he has like the same tattoo as The Rock. Uh huh. Like, it's probably the like, honestly, at least as far as like jokes, like big jokes, uh, it's the funnest movie in that way. Yeah. 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 I freaking loved Hobbs and Shaw, but yeah. again, it could have been like a combo of like 40x and just making me laugh. But I just I I loved it, and I do take into account like yeah, the casting of like a sister who's significantly younger than Jason Statham could have been better. But I don't know, it was just a fun time all around. Also, it was more yeah, the sister thing that that part's whatever stupid. Yeah, she shouldn't be 20 years younger than yeah. him. But they also just like act like he doesn't have a brother. <laughs> like like there's so many times where Helen Mirren's talking oh, to yeah. him about like you got to do this for your sister. You and your sister are so close. And meanwhile, in Furious Seven, when Jason Statham's at his brother's hospital bed, he's talking about all this stuff. Oh, me and you were growing up. You were always getting in trouble, and I was always saving your ass and this and that. And I was just like, when did you have time to? Yeah. You know, I feel like why didn't you call that brother in to come help you? You know what I mean? You yeah. called him for for part eight, and he came out to help. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah, I do wish they had had some like scenes in it though, where they're like, "Oh, things are really bad," and they're like, "Well, you know, I know who we can call," and they could have just they could have literally just had a scene where they call every other crew member of the Fast and the Furious, and they all like blow them off for some reason, like because the movie's already like so many full of jokes anyway. Yeah, right. that would have been very fun, and it would have like tied it together more. Mm-hmm. Even if it's literally every single person just looking at their like phone and be like, Ugh, and then just doing <laughs> like you know, clicking the like ignore button, right? Like stuff like that would have been fun, as opposed to completely ignoring that they yeah. have nice friends. Yeah, and the one last thing I'll mention about Hobbs and Shaw is a pet peeve that I have, but it's really very small and only in the marketing part. But like how much they marketed Roman Reigns a WWE wrestler who's cousins with The Rock yeah. being in this movie. He's and he's in literally it. in it for like, what, he has like one minute of dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> like, and then he's got a couple of like cool moves during the fight. Like he'll like body slams a couple of people, but yeah, he's barely yeah, in it. I was so upset. Yeah, who is he in the all. movie? Oh, he's <laughs> exactly. one of The Rock's family when they go to... Samoa at the end. Oh, okay. Which yeah. is a pretty sweet scene. I do it enjoy is. that a lot. We're yeah. like, we don't have guns. We're just going to smack them with stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is, I like this. <laughs> uh, yeah, The Rock holding a helicopter with a chain in his bare hand is Jesus pretty great. Christ. From taking off or like from flying away. I'm like, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So great. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff. stuff. I definitely got to rewatch it. It's also the only one out of all these that we're listing that I've only seen once. Mm. Um, I haven't rewatched it since the theaters. So I, I'm probably mm. due, due for some of that. Well, all right, guys, we've made a long journey, Uh, probably still not as long as one of these movies, though, Um, but now we're going down to our ranking. So we'll we'll go one at a time, each saying our ones, and I find with these franchises, it's usually pretty easy from our discussion to tell what we like the most, so I like to actually start with number one and work our way down, because then I find it gets a little more interesting. So, Dave, you are a guest. What is your number one favorite Fast and Furious movie? As mentioned, I got to go with seven uh, just because of the I think all the the real life aspects around it. And also, like it could end up being the like the pinnacle, like the peak point of the Fast and Furious movies. Mm. But it's such a high peak that I think they still have plenty more movies to go. But it was just like so much stuff came together really well for that movie. Like it's still a very good movie, regardless of like the Paul Walker stuff. 
So I'm gonna go with that. And then also, I mean, even just combining in like that was the year where I did like my like birthday party, like the most, like had a whole bunch of people there and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. like for my own personal things as well. So yeah, I'm going with that. Everything you just said, I agree with. It's also my favorite. Um, and it also has to probably do with personal reasons because of how much fun I had at your birthday and how much it triggered me to go back and watch these old ones and get into the franchise. So I went from thinking I didn't like it at all to being like, holy fuck, that was a great action movie. I got to watch <laughs> all of these. Um, and yeah, it's the only one where I feel an emotion other than like excitement or laughter. Like I actually am sad at the end of this movie when Paul Walker's stuff is going on. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I got to give it to Furious 7. Oh, dang. I think I just like having a good time. So eight is my favorite. Nice. <laughs> it's my number one. Look at you. That's <laughs> awesome. I hate crying. So seven's a little lower on my list, <laughs> admittedly. <laughs> cool. You got to um, open up your emotions like Andy and I. <laughs> All right, Masha. Well, you're not going to get the easy route out. So I'm going to have you go first next. Oh, geez. So my second runner up is number three. Tokyo Drift? Yeah. Just because it's the one I've been most familiar with out of the franchise the longest and... I don't know. It's a fun time. We talked about it. Nice. Cool, Han's cool. awesome. <laughs> Very awesome. Number two for me, I'm going Fast Five. I mean, I'm mimicking everything we set up top. Pound for pound, I know this is the one people like the most, and it might actually be the best, but it doesn't have any of that personal stuff that brings Furious 7 above it in my eyes. Like, I think they're both just as good as each other. I think either they're both the best in the series. But because Furious 7 got me into the franchise, I think that's why it's a little above it for me. Mm. Oh, man. I mean, I can make a strong case for both of those uh, pretty easily because those ones are both pretty great. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go the other way, though. So I'll follow my original reasoning and I'll pick one, which I'm also going to choose, not necessarily because of the movie, but because of the surrounding events. Mm. So as mentioned, like I'm in college, my brother's in high school. I'm like home for the summer. We That was like one of our ultimate summers of just hanging out and like doing cool stuff together and you know like friends as well and just like i don't know that was a that was a fun summer and watching it like a million times while eating like copious amounts of like fast food and for sure being doofuses that's <laughs> nice. awesome yeah no, that's great i mean yeah the the surrounding moments of a movie really impact your experience so, yeah. yeah i totally get that so moving on to number three <laughs> my third is actually the first one uh the fast and the furious um, I don't have a lot of that personal connection, but it's, it's honestly, I think it's like a really tight, like pretty good crime movie. Like I don't, it's nothing like what the franchise comes. And I think the reason it's my third favorite is because Furious 7 and Fast 5 are so great, but they both give me a lot of the same. And this is a great example of like a different entry in the franchise. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just, I think it's a good world building, solid first movie. What about you, Dave? I'm definitely thinking about these in a row. Because there's so many movies you could all be like the top one, you know? Yeah. So then if I'm doing that, I would pick five as my next one. Nice. Because five is like the reboot moment. Like that is that is where these go from like, like you said, like phase one to phase two. Yeah. That is like we're getting a team together and like pull anybody from every movie and we're going to go on this awesome like heist and it's going to be real fun. That's sweet. Nice. Number um, three for you. My third one is number one. So same as you. Um, but I will be honest, the middle selections for me are a little, <laughs> a little, <laughs> a little hazy. Yes, but I know for sure what my last one is. So I'll be passionate about that. All right, cool. Yeah, I got to say too, my one and two were easy to pick and my number eight was easy to pick and three through seven was tough. And I was like, this is getting crazy. 
Um, so for me, actually, back to you, Dave. What's your number four? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it's between three and six. But I've decided after our talk that I'm going to go with six. Ooh. Even though I do like Tokyo Drift a lot. Whoa. Now that I now after our talk, I feel like six is actually like a little more underrated than, Whoa. I, than I once realized. Nice. My four is five. And that's all I'll say there. Nice. <laughs> I made this list after we had watched a string of trailers. So... I think I based it on like my memory of those. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very what cool. about you? All right. My four, I'm going Tokyo Drift. I dig that one a lot. I love the, the car racing aspect of it. And then I just, I, it's the one where I'm actually most impressed by the driving scenes and the racing scenes out of all the franchise. So I'm going Tokyo Drift for four. Um, all right. Masha, you're number five. Oh, man. For number five, I chose number two. Too Fast, Too Furious? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was a fun time, actually. Yeah. And I really enjoyed the heart-to-heart between Paul Walker and Tyrese. Nice. For my number four, I'm going to go Tokyo Drift. I could have very much gone Tokyo Drift last time as well. And, like, yeah, it is a really fun standalone movie. I'm sort of picturing, too, if you were going to watch all these, like, in a row. <laughs> yeah. You know, if somebody was like, oh, what order should I watch? You want to break like, them up a little this. bit? Why not? Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, in a fun way. So I'm kind of trying to bounce back and forth. So it's like now you've done five and six, and you're like, oh, I just spent six hours of my life watching two movies. Uh, I think three is a really nice. And like you said, there's all the cool racing scenes, and it's like pretty fun. All right. Number five, I'm going with Fate of the Furious, part eight. I really dug that one based number on. Number five, SMH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really dug that one. I think they did a good job of going Paul Walker lists, and we already talked about all those action set pieces that are just badass. And. and Having them be in the cold, honestly, I know it's like a simple change, but it's like they're always like in beautiful hot weather, and it was kind of cool to see them like driving on ice, dressing cold, having having kind of cold equipped cars. So yeah, I'm going Fate of the Furious. <laughs> Masha, what's your number five? Uh, seven. Furious Seven. Yeah. SMH. I mean, yeah, that's all I. What's have. your problem? I. I- have a problem i just don't know how to rank these (laughs) and what a burn (laughs) to my number one my number one too yeah sorry guys i mean number eight should be well i put i put your number eight as my number your number one is my yeah exactly so all right dave what's your fifth favorite uh i think i already did my fifth i think number three was my fifth i'm on my six now uh i'm putting it as eight yeah 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 we're on six according to this piece of paper that i've been writing on for the last moment Well, really? I pair these in order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Anyway, right, my whatever. order. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. So my my order thus far, just for those at home who are keeping track, uh, I'm going seven to one to five to six to three, and now I'm gonna go eight. You're right about that. Okay. Even though like two's got some merits, eight is actually like eight. I mean, it's very solid. It has a lot of really cool stuff. My f- sixth favorite is Too Fast, Too Furious. It used to be my second to last favorite, but this last viewing actually had a lot of fun with it i just thought it was great like it was just super such a fun movie and like turn your brain up i think when i watched it the first time i'd already knew what the franchise was going to become so i was kind of like frustrated that it wasn't that Um. but like now this time when i watched it i was like you know what this is like a solid standalone fun movie Mm -hmm. so yeah what's your number six my seven is six even though i did love the letty situation i guess i don't really remember much after that Cool. <laughs> I also picked six, and it kind of hurt me to put it this low because I do like it a lot. But the problem is, I like a lot of these a lot. So it was like, it yeah. was just like, it was real hard. It used to go six, two, and then my last one, but now it's, I switched it. I put two above it this time. Mm. 
What's your seven, Dave? Gotta make cuts. Too fast, too furious. Hey, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then by <laughs> process of elimination, I think we all have the same part Jeez. eight. Fast and furious. We can all from 2009. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I see your point, Dave. When I saw it this time, too, I was like, there are some stuff in here I do like. But yeah, it's just the one that I'm, I'm never that excited to watch all the way through. Like, like from beginning to end, it's just, it's just dull like, in comparison to the others. Burn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so. it's real saving grace is it brought the team back together. I mean, yeah. like five, I still say is the reboot, and like that's where it gets crazy. But four was like the test. That was mm-hmm. like, like, ah, throw a little money and let's see if anyone wants to watch these anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, apparently people do. But even bringing the team back together, like Letty's only in like one real scene, and then Han. I mean, and Han like, one scene, so it's really just like Paul Walker and Vin Diesel coming back. Jordana sure. Brewster too, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. What indeed? But holy cow, guys, we've did it. We just talked about eight Fast and Furious movies, which is goddamn crazy, with a little bit of Hobbs and Shaw in there thrown in on top. Yeah. Um, but jeez, what what a ride. I mean, uh, we couldn't have done it with anyone else but Dave. No, honestly. it needed it needed <laughs> to be. It needed to be. I would have been pretty insulted, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have been out the window looking in. Um, especially challenging on the second floor. You'd never talk to us again. Yeah. <laughs> I would say if who's excited for Fast Nine, but I think we all equally are. Um, I remember Dave and I went to Thailand last year, and it was actually in the airport waiting to transfer flights, where we learned that Fast Nine was getting pushed back over a year, and it was fucking devastating. It was awful. Yeah, that was a harsh. That was like the moment where I was like, oh, maybe this is a real thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> before that, we were somewhere where like there really wasn't that much hype about like, you know, COVID and stuff. Like it was just kind of was like, yeah, whatever. It wasn't a big issue there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I remember being in the airport and they're like, Fast and Furious is canceled. I was like, oh, no. Was, like <laughs> This is for real now. Well, I remember because we were like, it was what, March when we were coming back. Mm-hmm. And then it said like, oh, it's getting pushed back to like june and i was like oh it got pushed back three months and then i saw june 2021 and i was like oh a year and three months this is like crazy yeah oh man yeah i like a few days later like i had like five emails all just blast in a row and it's all my like refunds from regal yep. for all because i kept buying like four seats at a time because i just kept getting more amped about it yeah so, like, originally i got like eight and i was like all right i'll make sure people want to go and then i like thought about the people i was like no i can definitely do 12 oh, so, that's, I can probably right. do that's what i'm saying they should be paying you for how much you're like getting people hyped up. Man, you can like rent out theaters now, which I'm like, I kind of want to look into. Ooh, Alamo Draft House or something like that. Yeah. But now I also want to see it in, uh, what is it? 40X. 40X. You have to. I will buy your ticket. The problem is 40X is an AMC thing and I know you're a Regal Pass man. Oh, it's not a Regal? I thought Regal had a weird thing too. They might have something and call it something else, but yeah, maybe they have the same concept. I think the Union Square has it maybe. The Regal? Yeah, they like something. If not that, it, it might just have a different name because I think 40x is like trademarked by mm. AMC. Oh, okay. But I think I there, there's that. some others. They they used to call it something else. Like I can't remember the name, but it had a name before it was 40x. 40xx. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, anyway, I think we need to wrap this bad boy up. It's been a long, long time. I want to thank our guest Dave for coming on. It's been a long. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank our guest Dave for coming on. Dave, any parting words for the Fast and Furious fans out there? Uh, I don't know. I'm just I'm just stoked about F9. It's yeah, out. I mean that's the only thing we can do. I think I'm stoked about that. Plus to see how many movies, how far this will go. <laughs> I know. Part of me is like I don't want it to start getting bad, but then. 
but like at the same time i don't want it to quit while it's still good you know like it's like i don't know i don't know where i want to be Ooh, actually no i know what i want my parting words to be for anybody anybody who's a fan out there i think you really got a petition to uh vin diesel and the rock to just like bury the hatchet and mm. absolutely let's, let's get fast tent with both you guys in it and, yeah and on top of that we'll get tyrese to quit bugging because he seems to have Jesus the biggest Christ. problems with everybody well he just needs a better lawyer he's just got these heavy alimony payments <laughs> yeah if yeah. he can take care of those the man's alimony payments are like a hundred thousand dollars a month Jesus or something Christ. absurd so like you get so one of these of movies problem. like yeah it takes care of like a year and a half of alimony and then yeah gotta, he like legit needs these movies like when he's saying that like he yeah. needs them i also think he should someone else should control his twitter <laughs> yeah that's probably true <laughs> but yeah so getting let's get the rock back in it because the rock is really good in these like, he is yeah he to needs. your point that is why hobbs and shaw was made because those guys are amazing yeah. so let's get let's just get the whole family back yeah family is oh, more man. important than any Agreed. little dispute oh, love it <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe at LWIL Podcast. Or please send us a email at lovewhatilovepodcast at gmail.com. And if you have the time, please rate and review. Every bit of feedback helps. We've been your hosts. Masha. And Andy, along with our guests. And I'm Dave. <laughs> and we hope you love what we love. Franchise Deep Down.